Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Sapp of the Fightful Wrestling Podcast. It is technically the April 3rd edition here on the East Coast. It is still April 2nd on the West Coast. We're talking WrestleMania. Fightful.com, some of you may be visiting for the first time ever. Some of you may find us through uh, iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube, because this is a rather big show. Uh, Visit Fightful.com. We have all your exclusive news, photos, videos, podcasts, more podcasts than anybody from personalities in the business. We got you covered. We're talking WrestleMania today. We're going to talk about the lead-in to uh, tomorrow's Raw, some of the ramifications that these results will have. I'm letting people kind of accumulate in the live chat. Of course, guys, we prefer that you go over to Fightful.com, use our uh, podcast page, and comment there. But first off, I want to introduce my associate editor, Alex Palowski. He joins me on Mondays on our live Raw post show at Fightful.com. Alex, it was a long night. How you feeling? It was a long night. Uh after that, the final thing. Um, Pep up. It's WrestleMania. I was just <laughs> glad that I didn't wear too much mascara because it would have been running down my face and everything. I got dressed up for this because I'm just so depressed now. But uh, as you can see, um, I can clean up good. But this is the last time you'll ever see me dressed in a suit. <laughs> yeah, you're not Suge Knight. You are Suge White. It's true. And, of course, we are joined by the, the wonderful Anna Bauer, the host of WWE Most Ridiculous. You can go check out how she did on her WrestleMania picks over at Fightful.com. We have it on the sidebar. Anna, how you doing? What time is it over there, first off? And uh, h- how you holding up after seven hours of this? Well, it's only 2.15 p.m., so I'm doing well. I had to get up before 7 a.m. for the start. Uh but it, I think I'm faring better than you guys right now. As you can tell, guys, we, we look wonderful. Oh, yeah. We look wonderful. This is, this is, I, Alex tried to tease me and said he was going to put on a formal hoodie the other day. I did. I did. You could have gone, gone formal beanie like Brock Lesnar. Yeah, I could Oh, man, in 90-degree weather, that yep. dude, it's a wonder he turns purple when he wrestles, right? Yep. <laughs> 
So guys, he I know some of you are listening. know how much he loves sandwiches. Don't you understand? Absolutely. Well, it's a sponsor. Right. He's got to make that money. I know some of you are listening or watching for the first time, and we definitely want you guys to stick around. We do Raw and SmackDown post shows uh, live every Monday and Tuesday. Anna Bauer and Jeff Hawkins join me on those SmackDown shows. Wednesday, we have a very unique show Wednesday afternoons. Like When I was presented the opportunity to come to Fightful, uh, Jimmy Van was the guy who made it happen. He financed the deal. He makes everything happen. So I, I always tease that that's the eccentric millionaire that made my website dreams come true. And we have a show Wednesday that is unlike any other wrestling podcast you'll see because we go behind the scenes a lot with like sometimes Jimmy and I will argue about the direction of Fightful, what should be on there or what shouldn't be on there. You all got to check that show out. It is pretty cool to get that aspect of things. Thursday, the Matt Riddle broadcast. Matt Riddle, new WWN champion, hottest thing on the indies right now. Uh, it, you get his his uh, inside his mind as we uh, as we go through his career, and he comments on uh, current events and pro wrestling. Really neat stuff. Last week, he told a story about how he threatened to punch a guy named Gloves in the neck. Friday, Shane Helms. We usually take a central topic like his WrestleMania Royal Rumble experiences backstage fights uh if he's back from tna tapings we'll cover those and we also do mailbag episodes register for free at fightful.com and you get early access to those shane helms and matt riddle shows before they go out to everybody else but we don't stop there we have interviews from people like chris cyborg cm punk booker t muhammad hassan jim ross we are the only wrestling website to talk to cm punk in years Head over to our exclusive section at Fightful.com. See some of the stuff you all might have missed. And, of course, you get uh, some of the lighter side of pro wrestling with our boy Alex Palowski here and Anna Bauer. So let's get into the show. Without further ado, I'm not going to plug it too much, but if you're listening to this show, go to Fightful.com. Leave your old wrestling site. We got you covered. We cover MMA and boxing, too, but you can separate those. FightfulWrestling.com, FightfulMMA.com. WrestleMania 33, you guys. First off, Alex, this set kicked all kinds of ass. All kinds. Uh, yeah. It, uh, every ass available was kicked by this set. Uh, there, was no sh- there was a shortage of asses left unkicked by this set. I will say that. 75,000 asses were kicked by this set. We'll see. We'll see. Brandon Howard will come out in a couple of months and find out what the what the thing really was. Brandon Howard's going to be like, "Nah, bro, it's more. It's sixty three thousand asses. It was a lot of asses. It was a lot of asses, but it wasn't. Whatever they said it was, it wasn't yes. that." Anna, you had to get up early this morning to cover or to to basically take in this show, so you could cover this show. Was it worth it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. Uh yeah. I mean, the ending was a little. We'll, we'll get into that, but. It was a damn good WrestleMania, I thought. It had great spots, great moments. I really wish they kept uh, the king far away from that commentary desk, but that's about it, really. Ah, yeah. yeah. Don't we all? Don't <laughs> oh, we all? yeah. Yeah. So pre-show, first thing I want to say, Maria Menounos for WWE Hall of Fame for, for a few reasons. She's wrestled more than Goldberg in the past 14, 13 years. <laughs> uh, she's done ring announcing, backstage interviewing, and I'd really love to see this happen in New York just so all those crybabies who booed her before the Bob Backlund thing could cry some more. Shawn Michaels on the pre-show suggests that Seth Rollins' career is over if he loses. Do not insult us, bro. Uh, Anna, what do you think when, when 
I mean, they limited Shawn Michaels' lines as as it was. They kind of made light of that. Uh, Look, he's, he said it's, like that. He said it straight up. Like, they're asking him who's going to win between his best friend and Seth Rollins. Mm-hmm. Sure. You know what he's going to say. And, like, it's, it's hyping up the match. It's making a big deal out of it. We all know the truth. Meh. That's fine. At least he was awake. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Alex, uh, before before I get your opinion on that, Lita was kind of rough here. She had some rust. It's been a while. She was rough before she left. I'm convinced that's why that's she left. Uh, there were some things that like she, she can't. Sometimes she just can't speak in a full sentence, uh, or or maybe she she can, but the sentence is so full that it it stretches for minutes at a time without actually any punctuation in it. Well, you you know who they need? They need Anna Bauer because. As I've heard, sometimes she thinks things. Sometimes. But they're good. They're good. I mean, Sam Roberts can get on there. I don't see why you can't. Yeah. No, Shawn Michaels, I think somebody told him, here's your talking point, that during the match, I mean, you know Triple H more than anybody. He could end his career, you know, because of his hurt knee. He could really do so much damage to the knee that he could never wrestle again. And Sean was like half awake and took it in as though if he loses, his career is over. And that's not the same thing. Guys, we're getting into the Cruiserweight match. Leave us a thumbs up on YouTube. Subscribe, YouTube, or YouTube, iTunes, Stitcher. You can also directly download this a couple hours after we end. Neville versus Austin Aries. This was a hell of a match to kick off the show. Now, we're going to get a lot of initial thoughts from this as well because, you know, I'm taking in the scenes. Things like that. That ramp. Anna. <laughs> Damn, that was long. Hell of a ramp. Yeah. It was – someone made the comment that the only reason the ramp was that long was for Triple H's entrance. And part <laughs> of me kind of feels like that was the way. I mean, they had the video thing going through, and it only semi-worked once with Rain's entrance with the fireworks. The rest of the time, it was like the cheetah spots and then the Viper going by, and I was getting motion sickness. It was it was odd. Alex, one thing that I noticed and immediately hated was the, the crazy-ass camera cuts already during the entrance. I wanted to take in, like, Neville walking down that ramp and the sea of people behind him. It, it, was a, it was an awesome, unique visual because you didn't have the people up – you didn't have the fans up on the level with the wrestlers. You would see a wrestler walking down the aisle, and it was – they were awash in a sea of people. It was outstanding. And early in this match, we got that too, the camera cuts, the zooms. Us at home, we don't have time to take in that imagery when this happens, and they miss a lot of spots doing this. Yeah, it's, it's a thing that they're doing now. It's it's kind of part of the brand of how they present their product is a lot of fast camera cuts. Uh, I don't particularly like it. Um, but – uh, I mean, there were all, all, all kinds of cool things they could have done. Like, I wanted to see a, a standard shot for almost every entrance of up at the entrance, kind of behind and to the right of the wrestler as they just start down the ramp to see what they're seeing as they come in. All those people, the flash bulbs going off, all that stuff. Uh, and we, we just got like, flash, 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 flash. And I, I, I did, hey, you need it. Commercials on a kickoff show are not a new thing, guys. Y'all got to quit bitching about it. They're going to happen. 
it's it's just how it is. Uh, yep. For the, so so getting into the match, Neville immediately takes a nasty bump outside. He angrily like shuts up the ref, which I love. He Anna, you were one of the main proponents of a Neville heel, heel turn, one of the mm-hmm. first really, because he wasn't on TV. And I love that they parlayed that into his uh, gimmick because it fits him so well. Yeah, he does the bitter thing so perfectly. I love this match. I love the psychology of this match. Just even something as small as Aries doing the scissors off the top rope onto Neville, and then was that the spot? And then Neville rolled out. No, it was after the discus five arm. And then Neville Neville rolled out under the ring. Just little things like that that should happen probably in most matches if you're able to counter it. But they did it, and it's little things. And the bridging German will always make my screen, skin crawl, but it was just, it was so beautiful. It was in that, the that sends me into a, wind. That sends me into a question for Alex. Uh, are cruiserweights going to screw around and mess up German suplexes for the whole gang? <laughs> mess up how? Like, what do you mean? Like, it hurts? Like, break somebody's neck, ah, and then WWE does, does one of their decrees, hey, we yeah. can't do this anymore. Well, I mean, the whole thing is that the way they do them, it's so much faster and more violent, and people do land on their neck. The way the way Brock does them now, he lets you go so early, you can take the bump up on your shoulders, your the scapula up on the uh, your shoulder blades. Uh, it all depends, but um, but you know this this match was entirely was so brutal. Uh, Aries hit a missile drop kick off the top rope that hit Neville squarely between the eyes, and I thought he killed it. Like it was, it was so great. Those those Germans were really really brutal. Um, I, I loved the spot where uh, Neville fought out of the last chancery by reaching his arm underneath and breaking at the eyes. And somebody put on on Twitter, "What here? What has Austin Aries been saying for advice for everybody in the cruiserweight division while he <laughs> he was he was on commentary? Was I know how I would beat this guy? I put my thumb in his eye." <laughs> and oh. Neville just like took his advice, and I want so badly for Neville to say that tomorrow on Raw. It's like this is how I beat you. You told me how to do it, and I did it to you. That would be great. That would be uh, storytelling is going to be a common theme because I thought there was really good storytelling on the majority of this show. Uh, yeah, that that discus five arm, quote unquote, that Aries hit was great, and Neville's cell may have been even better. They cut to a fan in the middle of a four fifty. I'll bitch about production here and there. Neville, not only did he rake the eyes, it's a surgically repaired eye. Yeah, I know. It's perfect. Oh, that's good. And uh, then kicked the rope right into it when yeah. Aries was over there trying to get, get a break. Now, I had a lot of people saying, why isn't this a DQ? And they said, if this was real, this would be a DQ. Oh, nay, my friends. There's a man by the name of John Jones in the UFC who has made a damn career off of eye-poking people. And he has never been DQ'd for it. So, Yeah, but don't argue is like – accidental quote like, unquote well maybe <laughs> Neville's Neville was, was not accidental <laughs> it was accidental <laughs> guys make sure uh you you get at us in the chat uh give us some talking points in case we miss something we definitely want to hear from you guys uh we have a full slate of mma podcasts if you all are into that too from mma fighters uh ufc fighters ufc hall of famers lots of cool stuff on that end too uh, UFC 210 coverage next Saturday. We're, we're sending Mike Straw and Showdown Joe to Buffalo for that one. Neville wins this match. I think it was the right call, Anna. I think he should be that division's Brock Lesnar. He should run that damn division. 
Back up all 100%. the stuff that you said before. Yeah. I can't remember. Someone on one of these podcasts made the comment about Neville needed to retain because he is the perfect heel to get a lot of these up-and-comers over, especially the faces. And this is exactly it. I mean, Aries doesn't really need the title. Neville doesn't really either at this point. He's kind of proven himself. But he can give so much back to the rest of the division by having it. So it, I love this match. I, mean, I thought it was a great opener to the whole thing. Kind of wish they finished with it. No, no, On that note, we're going to talk about the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle. I want to say one thing. I agree with Neville winning this thing. It's great. I think he should do the John Cena thing. He should make an invitational every every Tuesday on 205 Live, and a different guy should come out and answer it for a one-on-one, 20-minute slugfest, and Neville keeps beating guys until somebody shows up. Tommaso Ciampa, whoever shows up you know, out of, out of the blue, uh, it's a call-up that's in the 205 division, and they beat him. But I think that would be a great way of continuing his I think it's a, I think it's a brilliant idea, and they have no shortage of guys to do that. Right. Right, exactly. And you got to use that on Raw as a selling point for 205 Live because I don't want to watch 205 Live no matter what right now. But you would if that's what he was doing every week on 205 Live. Yeah, hell yeah, I would. Mm. Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. There's going to be some bitching about this one, guys. Yep. (laughs) Some some bipolar bitching because there there were times I felt bad. Now, first thing, Goldust was in his old gear, and I was thrilled. That's his best gear he's ever had, Alex. That old school '96, the gold and the white. Yeah, that was it. Was good. Yeah, he talked about how there's going to be a new paint scheme for his face on Twitter. I didn't see the new paint, but I saw the the old gear. That was cool. I hope that's his original gear, and he can still fit into it. That's what I hope. I think he got back in into shape enough to do that. Yeah, I believe uh, that. Luke Harper was in this match. Did that surprise you, Anna? They they left Samoa Joe completely off this show. Did you think maybe they would do that with Luke Harper too? No, I think they hold Samoa Joe in higher regard than they do Luke Harper. Um, they do. I don't. I mean, I love them both equally. Um, I'm just glad he got a spot on the show, to be honest. Like, they could have easily fit him and Eric Rowan in for the SmackDown Championship, and that would have saved the match. But they did this instead, so at least he got a spot. Yeah, when when he showed up and they hadn't announced him at any as any in, at all, I was like, "Oh, that's a dark horse candidate," because they love pulling like little surprises. Like you didn't know he was in this match, and then he wins it, uh, and then he was dumped unceremoniously, like so many others in this match. So we could get over a guy who doesn't wrestle. Mm-hmm. So uh, Braun eliminated several people. Big Show eliminated several people. Then they just tossed Big Show and. Stroman. Now, it took a lot of people to do it, so it didn't hurt anybody, but we'll get to what this means later on. But, man, uh, I'll say this. Shaq really screwed Big Show over. <laughs> like, supremely, Shaq screwed Big Show over. I lost a lot of respect for Shaq for that because Big Show got in great shape for that. Yeah. Also, what in the hell was Sin Cara wearing? Alex, <laughs> I tweeted. I had no, like it was airbrushed <laughs> with the logo on the back. He doesn't wear shirts. Like he's a shirtless wrestler. I don't. He understand. and Ellsworth got their gear made at the same place. <laughs> they got a twofer. They got a they have one buy one get one free. They went in on it together. Uh, I don't know what the Chinese fellow's name is, but he eliminated Brizongo and Tian Bing. I believe yeah, we're not. We're not going to learn his name. He can't wrestle. Uh, Anna. 
You have also been a proponent of maybe using Breezango a little bit better. They have shown yeah. some promise on SmackDown as comedic characters. Ultimately, they are jobbers. That's what they are. They're, they're out there getting their ass kicked by Nikki Bella. But uh, <laughs> they were fodder for this fellow. Uh, what did you think of that? Uh, yeah, just one of the confusing like, – the fact that they were eliminated doesn't confuse me. I'm glad that they were eliminated together. That's a great partnership. That's <laughs> a great broship. Um, the fact that this guy eliminated them, and I don't – has he been on NXT at this point? Have we seen him? He Just live events. Uh, maybe maybe he, he may have wrestled a match. He, you know, I don't he, he, was, he, was, he partnered with Ho-Ho Loon. In the in the Dusty Rhodes Classic, and they went out in the first round. That's it. Okay. Uh, yeah. I mean, Killian Dane having this spot, I get more so, but this was just such a random call, and I, then I didn't he get it in outlasted it. a lot of people. I didn't get Dane being in there at all. He didn't win. He no, but they made very little reference to him in the match. Right. That was weird. I, I think that my my thought for why he was the one of sanity and not Eric Young to pin Dillinger last night was because they were planning on having him be in this in this match tonight and having him be one of the last four or five uh apparently they do have big plans for him that's what's out in the ether that they're that they always wanted to use him for something which is fine i think he's i think he's got a cool look and he's good in the ring so that's fine but it was a weird way of of why him and nobody else from nxt except for this tian bing um i i personally didn't have a problem with the whole thing of like Everyone in the entire match is what is, is what is required to take out Big Show, to take out um, to take out Braun. If that's what you're going to do, okay, fine. My problem is a uh, that Big Show de- Big Show deserved better, um, and b that so did Braun. Braun has had one of the most amazing runs from from the from the draft until WrestleMania we'll, of anybody. We'll get he might have the best, we'll, and the we'll, fact we'll that get, this is what he did, you know. We'll get to that in a second. Uh, Mojo wanted Dolph Ziggler to die really badly. So <laughs> that, that was the thing that was happening. So we see Rob Gronkowski ringside. Now, first off, <laughs> there were people who spent like $10,000 on seats who had their seats, with they, which they particularly bought right in the middle, moved over by like four or five. So that, that can – and now for a lot of you, you're like, what's the big deal? Well, when you get moved from there to like behind a ring post, bad. And I had a lot of people saying, I don't feel bad for anybody who spends $10,000 on tickets. I do. Mm-hmm. Because if you're spending $10,000 on tickets, it should be worth it. And maybe some people saved up money. Maybe, it's, maybe they've been saving their whole lives for it. You never know their story. That was weird. Uh, I immediately thought, no way Gronk does anything physical because he can't stay on the damn football field as it is. He got in the ring after Jinder Mahal completely missed pouring water on him. He got everybody behind him. And Gronk is huge, even by WWE standards. That man is enormous, Anna. Yeah. He's huge. Look, I, I don't know who this guy is. Like, yeah. I don't watch he's a, any. He's a, great, he's a great tight end for the Patriots. He's, a, he's he an American catch, football I'm player. Guessing that's football. Yeah, yeah, I got that for catches, the Patriots. I get that. But it's at the point where it's like, I don't care. I right. do not care. And right. you just took away someone else's spot because you have a name and you're bros with Mojo. Hey, hey, guys, they got to get on page three or four of USA Today somehow. Right. No, this is the thing. Oh, the you one. had Al Roker in the fucking ring. Can't that be enough? I know. 
The the thing about it is, is here's 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 a, another way that Shaw that Shaq screwed over a whole bunch of people. If Shaq is at WrestleMania tonight, there's no reason to use Gronk. Yeah. Because right. Shaq gets you the headlines on all the mainstream sports sites. Shaq does all that for you. You don't need to have Shaq and Gronk. So now you have Gronk in there instead. And I, it's very possible that they had a diff, completely different plans for the Battle Royal before they like, well, we need to run an audible here, you know, to use American football parlance and, and put somebody in there that's going to get us some headlines. Um, also, that match ran on the USA Network where you have a whole bunch of just casual people flipping through the channels and, and they might tr- show up and they might see this and they go, hey, I know that guy. I'm a football fan. You know what? I'm going to try out the WWE Network because I recognize that guy. And maybe that guy forgets to uh, you know, cancel his subscription after the month and the WWE just got his money. And that's what they're doing. They're trying to do that. So Gronk, or Gronk set up a win for... Mojo Raleigh, he came in, he shoulder-blocked Hard Body Mahal. Mojo eliminates him. They celebrate in the ring. Basically, my tip is if you get in the WWE, get really famous friends. Find the biggest mark of a celebrity you can. Mine would be Melissa Joan Hart. Hi, Melissa. Uh, and I would be in there dancing with Clarissa, like with, with our black cat <laughs> talking to us and shit. Like, like we're in there. I'm chucking Zack Ryder over the top. I'm like, screw off. Uh, Melissa Joan Hart slides in. She no. What she would do is she would push the ladder up and climb in, like like the dude from Clarissa explains it all did. She would climb in the ring. We'd party. I'd take out Zack Ryder. Go to hell, Zack Ryder. That's my WrestleMania moment. I booked it. There you go. Uh, the Big Show's weight problems did not die on the old rugged cross for these sins. Nope. Big Show and Braun <laughs> Strowman. Like if you were to if you were to rank, hey, who are the guys who maybe worked the hardest? to improve their situations in life or in the ring. Braun Strowman and Big Show are among the top two, and they were elimination fodder. I would have rather seen them face each other. Mm-hmm. You had like 80 minutes of nothing on the pre-show. I would have rather seen them face each other in like a last man standing match like you had mentioned, yeah. Alex. This is offensive. Now, well, first off, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that. Alex, this is a bummer. Braun... A month ago, was on his way all the way up. Yeah, they, from what you hear from sources, they still have big plans for Braun, mm-hmm. uh, and they're going to commence them maybe even tomorrow. Just start it off, and he's going to be the next thing. They're they're saying they're going to go right back to the Roman Reigns program with him, which you know, I guess now that he's going to get the rub from just working with Reigns because Reigns got the rub for. Doing what he did to Undertaker. So, you know, you have you have that, I guess. But he deserves so much better here. When when he was eliminated that way, I was like, this – they only do this if they're going to then reward him by having him get involved later in the night. Like, like where is the Braun who gets super pissed when he doesn't get his way that we've seen on Raw? Like, I thought it, I, was, I was sure he was going to interfere in all the matches for the rest of the night and just make it the Braun show. You know, like, it just – Ah, it was just bad, so, and yeah, I didn't so like it. The one, the one reason why I felt like a complete dickweed was Mojo Riley later tweeted, "This is the best day of my life," and for that, I, I'm incredibly happy for the dude. No, that's that's fine. I, I honestly don't know what the what the plans are for him, considering that he was just in a like second or third tier tag team and would still be so if Zack Ryder hadn't been injured. Like, I don't know 
with their he's not going to hold the intercontinental title anytime soon. They're like, that's not a thing. I don't think. I can't remember who it was, but they were like, if you didn't see Mojo winning, you weren't paying attention. I'm like, to to fucking what? His one singles win, like in the past three or four months, like. Well, he was he was getting the the he might win build. And, sure, you know, but that's that's not that never pans out. So yeah. Intercontinental Championship, Dean Ambrose over Baron Corbin. Anna, were you surprised this was on the pre-show? I get the feeling it was moved there because of the hubbub around the women's, the SmackDown women's match. Yeah, probably. But I also think that it was rightly so, um, given the circumstances. Look, Dean Ambrose was my favorite Shield member for a very long time. And even after Shield, I loved him for a very long time. But it's gotten to the point where I would much prefer to watch him do promos than his in-ring work and I hate that and with this kind of a matchup between him and Corbin where the styles should have matched perfectly and worked really well it just it didn't there wasn't anything really going on except for Corbin's award-winning breakdown over not getting three count that kind of made the match and aside from anything else it's just what's going on there I know he was talking Alex, in an interview. He wanted to do, like go into a tag team or something. Like maybe that's the answer. Alex, what are your thoughts on this match? Uh, Baron Corbin busted out a little new offense. I think this is important in general, and particularly on a WrestleMania show. Dean Ambrose did not. His his offense is stale, and that was almost the story of the match. That his offense is so stale that Corbin knew what was coming. Dean Ambrose, I tweeted this. Dean Ambrose is as stale as three week old bread. He's, I, I, I don't, I don't want it. I, I, I agree with you, Anna. I, I like his promos when he's not doing prop comedy. When he's not doing the, the thing that they did on Talking Smack, where he had the, where he pulled out the remote and looked at it like he'd never seen a remote before, and then squinted <laughs> at the screen and hit the thing and turned off Corbin. That was the worst. That was 1994. It was awful. It was so bad. And I hate that, but I the stuff that he did when when he and AJ and Cena were in the program, that stuff where he was like talk talking to Cena, like have fun, have fun being the guy that John Cena plays on TV. That shit, that's the Dean Ambrose I want. I want that guy. But but we haven't. I mean that that guy's not around, so I don't want this guy. I have no use for this guy. So I honestly feel like maybe he wouldn't have won this match if it was on the main show. But you got to get people amped and get the baby face over to go into the main show. So he wins tonight, and maybe he'll lose on on Tuesday to, to Corbin in a rematch that they come up with a reason for having. Um, but, yeah, Corbin, Corbin needs this belt, and he needs to be the heel that people chase on that show. You know, it's funny that when the Shield was still around, it was thought that he would be the guy that was lost in the shuffle. And – I'm sure some of it is at the WWE's fault, but a lot of it's at the fault of of not adapting. And Roman Reigns still has a lot of things. Like Seth Rollins has changed categorically since his day from the she- days from the Shield. Roman Reigns has even more than Ambrose, and he really hasn't a whole lot. So that's I don't know. I think this match would have been six minutes on the main show. It got eleven on the pre-show, uh, and just to. Go back and let you all know uh, the the Battle Royal did 14 minutes, 15 seconds, and Neville Aries did 15 minutes and 40 seconds. So we got those. 
Ambrose flips out of an end of days, hits his finish, and wins. This was mediocre at best. I just know they're going to do a rematch Tuesday, but the end of days is protected. That's a good thing because that move is badass. It, it needs to stay that way. But did you see anything special in uh, in this match, Anna? Um, just in Corbin's potential, really. Like I think he can be something great. Um, and unfortunately, I just don't think Ambrose was the right person to bring that out. I hate saying that. I, I don't know why this match wasn't a no DQ or a false count anywhere or something. Like all the stuff that they did, that, like, you know, the forklift thing that they did in the back, like that was, to me, that's the ob- obvious setup to like uh, a no DQ, no holds barred. Uh, Construction hard- side match. Yeah, something. Uh, have it be an Orlando street fight. Whatever. Like, uh, it needs to be something. It just... Well, the whole, the whole set was a theme park. Like, I really wish they kind of utilized that a bit more. Go up in the top of the giant ring. Yeah. We kick off the main show with forced Final Fantasy references by Michael Cole. I wouldn't know anything about Final Fantasy at all. Well, but I knew that this was lame as shit. Neither would uh, <laughs> neither would Michael Cole know anything about Final <laughs> Fantasy, quite obviously. Yeah. Anna, I want you to get inside the mind of Kofi Kingston right now. How fucking terrified did he have to be on that bicycle on that ramp? Yeah, understandably so. I feel bad for the New Day in general with their whole thing tonight. But someone said that they were mentioned five spots that they were going to have. Like they had three and one was introducing the Hardys. It, I just, what are they doing with them? They look like Connie's. I didn't know what was going on. Uh, I I thought it was interesting that they, that they did, you know, to me later, we'll talk about the Hardy thing later, but then when they came out to say, there's going to be a fourth team in this match. If we didn't all know it was going to be the Hardys, we'd be like, Oh, that's cool. The New Day, because they're the New Day, put themselves in this match. That would be cool. That's fine. I, I don't a three a three triple threat match doesn't really make a lot of sense to me in tag teams, but uh, but four corners would anyway. Um, yeah, they they didn't really do anything, and I I, I tweeted like uh, Kofi, you better hope that that thing has decent brakes because that was a <laughs> steep ass ramp and looked pretty slick. Um, but they didn't do anything with it with their ice cream. Excuse me, Flavar pops. Because they didn't, they didn't do anything with that. That's not a part. They rat, they drove the thing to the ring, but nobody, nobody ate them. Like I, it was a this, this whole thing. So everyone told me, oh, it's fine. They're hosting WrestleMania. That's a big deal. They came out. They did a couple of jokes at the beginning. They introduced the Hardys, and then they lied about the attendance. That's it. That's all they did. They didn't. They were. They weren't a prominent place. You know. Well, the only thing notable about this opening segment is that Xavier accidentally set him up, set himself up for a who chant, <laughs> which I, I thought that was kind of funny. Then they got to the one they, they intended. This was, this was harmless stuff. I thought it was a fine spot for New Day. Whatever. I mean, sure. But we started off the main WrestleMania card with some goddamn fire, you guys. AJ Styles defeated Shane McMahon. There were a lot of people that were upset about Shane McMahon trading holds with AJ Styles. The aforementioned John Jones is one of the best MMA wrestlers in the world, and I saw him get taken down by Alexander Gustafson. Nothing is impossible. Uh, Shane McMahon striking 
it's snug. It's <laughs> snug. He lays them in there. Uh, and early on, Shane took a nasty bump over the announce desk. Sold it great. Uh, in the match, from a storyline perspective, I got the feeling that AJ was coasting while Shane was giving it his all, and I think that's kind of the story they were trying to tell. McMahon busted out an angle slam, which I thought was magnificent. Great, great stuff. Uh, His lazy cover, not so much, but he's not a wrestler. Early on, he was gassed out, though. And this is funny in particular because David Otunga's like, yeah, but his cardio was great. Trust me. Trust me. He's a cardio machine. In four minutes, he's like, AJ, you got to send me into the corner. The corner's not going to go. I need the corner. It was rough. Um, you can tell that Shane's had some MMA training or at least been a fan of MMA for a long time. I mean, he, he tried to buy Pride FC at one point. There was some good stuff early on in this match, Alex, and it kept getting better. But the first half of this match, it hot and it stayed hot. No, yeah, it was fine. This was this was uh, so much better than a lot of us feared that it might be. And because I think, I know for me, I don't know why I forget this, but I always do. Shane O'Mac is a nut job. And he will do whatever it takes to make a match so much better than it has any right to be because he's in it. He was doing stuff like 15, 20 years ago. They're like, you're like, really? The the boss's kid is in this match? Really? He's going to wrestle Kurt Angle? And then they were like, and then Shane O'Mac's like, no, literally try to kill me several times in this match. It'll make it great. Watch. And then Angle did try to kill him several times in the match. And it was. It was great. It's still one of my top matches ever. Angle versus uh, McMahon at, at King of the Ring. That's phenomenal. And this, like he does, he's doing stuff in here that is just so great. And I love the, all the stuff that we watched him do in his training videos for the Taker match last year was all MMA holds and stuff like that, but he never busted out any of them during that match. He saved them all up for this match because they were great. He caught a 450 splash into an armbar triangle, whatever it was. It was great. This was, this was so much better than I, than I thought it was going to be because I just forgot that Shane O'Mac is a nut job and will do whatever it takes. <laughs> yeah, Anna, this, the, there was the, the awesome 450 into a triangle. There was the... Uh, then AJ turned it into a Styles Clash. Shane McMahon should never kick out of Styles Clash, but they they were doing the whole he didn't have all of it type of thing. There was a ref bump. Shane stopped an AJ coast to coast by just shoving a trash can into his mouth, <laughs> and then hit one of his own. Anna, does it amaze you as much as it amazes me that Shane McMahon is still able to do a coast to coast at this age? Yeah. It amazes me that he has managed to walk away from every single one of these matches that he does. Uh, I, I gave the idea of this match a lot of shit initially because of the booking with AJ, and I still feel like next year he better fucking get that main event because that man deserves nothing less than that. But this was a great match, and I take my hat off to Shane McMahon because that was a damn good effort. Um, and AJ is just fucking majestic. And he's oh, the, the only the one of them. His that hair. The wind perfect. in his hair. It was like they set up the stadium just for that effect for AJ's soccer mom hair. It, he's the only one of them that makes me want to actively fangirl. And I don't do that. 
I know. I just know Vince last like February busted out a farmer's almanac, and he was like, "What place in America is going to have the best wind next April second? <laughs> because this dude's hair is incredible." AJ, don't you dare! And he's got to be in the ring with my son. My son has to be a part of this moment. I guess that's what happened. Uh, <laughs> nobody was home on the the table elbow drop. Uh, nobody home on the shooting star press. My which I called God. the shooting star what press? Because I couldn't believe they did it, Alex. <laughs> oh, my God. It was great. <laughs> oh, my God. The shooting star press. I forgot that he does that shit. Uh, he, well, uh, you wouldn't think that he does because he hasn't in, like, 15 years. I know, but, like, the thing, years. I forgot that that was a thing that he busted out at one time. And, like, the fact that he is it now better than he used to when he was a kid, that's amazing. Listen, it's hard for me to do that in, at the trampoline park into a foam pit. It's tough for me. I'm out there doing 450s and stuff. I can't pull off the shooting star. But Shane is Shane is a freakishly athletic guy. He, he just really is. is. He really is. AJ wins with the forearm. This is probably my favorite match of the show, Alex. Yeah, it's it's got to be up there for me. I mean, uh, I, I yeah, I mean it probably probably was. It's one of those things where you 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 went into it thinking, you know, AJ deserves better. But it's probably gonna be a lot of fun, and it was so much fun. And yeah, I mean, the, the the here's the thing: we're gonna get to it. But with what they were, with what they were going for with the WWE title match, I'm glad that AJ was nowhere near that <laughs> thing. You know, like he doesn't. If that's if that's the story they want to tell with that title, you have at it, guys. Like, keep AJ far away from that. And once you're done with all of that stuff, then he can have his title back in a different program. Um, but this this was, yeah, I keep saying it, so much better than I thought it was going to be. And I should have known. I should have known. We have the Hall of Fame inductees. There was silence for Rock and Roll Express, but big pops for Teddy Long and Kurt Angle. Anna, on Tuesday, I think they're missing a real opportunity if they don't have Daniel Bryan welcome Teddy Long there and have him make a tag team match. Yeah. They yeah. do it. They got to. It's, it's there. Then we had a big moment. A big, big moment on this show. It's the Raw Tag Team Championships. Enzo and Casket, a giant pop. Anderson and Gallows are out. Uh, Sheamus and Cesaro, uh, those suits and kilts were fucking hideous, Alex, but I saw what they were doing. Yeah. And it was neat. They were well, showing their solidarity. For the first time, this whole time, they've always been a little bit back in the day, like trading the entrance, you know, that all that stuff. It was great. This, now, it shows that they are one. They have finally melded, and they are one. And I liked that a lot. Also, yes, guys, I, I did see the New Day say, ya boys. <laughs> yes. I saw that. ProWrestlingTees.com slash Sean Ross Sapp. ProWrestlingTees.com slash Fightful. Get those shirts. Luke Gallows comes out with that WrestleMania tan, or as us normal people call it, 90% tint, which will get you pulled over uh, if you've got that dark on your car. Um, uh, that, that is like parody-level tan on that guy. Mr. Glow. New Day. New Day comes out and say that they've added a fourth team to the match. And the thing is, they're out dressed differently than earlier. They are, they're out like they're ready to compete. Mm-hmm. And they take yeah. a few steps to the ring, and I love how they sold this. And then the old Hardy Brothers music hits. 
and the crowd goes, banana, as Pat Patterson would say. Now, let this be a lesson to journalists across the world. If you ask somebody who's rumored to appear at WrestleMania, if they'll be there and they say no, don't run a story that says exclusive. They're signed with Ring of Honor through the summer. Don't do it. Employ some common sense. Yeah, I'm sure you're a nice dude, but do better than that. But it, it was CBS Sports, right? I'm pretty sure that's, that's who it was. And I think it was like one of those things of like, well, in other CBS things that sports. we cover, no, nobody lies to us straight out. You know what I mean? So, so we, you know. This is a guy who covers wrestling all the time. That's true. I mean, he does. And and no disrespect to him. It's just, you got to do better. So in some videos after this match that have come out, Matt Hardy speaks completely out of character, which he has not done in like a year. Like when I talked to him about doing an interview, he's like, got to do it in character. Mm -hmm. I was like, sure, we'll do that in character. I'd, I'd prefer it in character. He's out of character for the majority of one of them and all of the other, but he'll, he'll say some stuff that is in relation to the character. He did the delete chant here. Anna, what do you think we're seeing? Are we seeing like, are we going to see broken Matt Hardy in WWE or are we going to see like Leaf Cassidy present day trying to be a teen heartthrob? Is he still alive? That, that Leaf Cassidy was Al Snow's gimmick in the new Rockers. That they, who Leaf Garrett was that the the teen heartthrob? I don't know the damn names. Uh, the the one what the one that they were obsessed with on the Brady Bunch. Yeah, maybe sure. No, he uh, David Cassidy wasn't it from the Partridge? Oh, sure, him. Yeah. Any any of them. Why are you comparing yeah. it to him? Jeez. Um, <laughs> because they were they were like teen heartthrobs twenty years ago. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Jesus Christ, it was that hard to pick up? Um, I have a friend who I speak to a lot about this, and he is quite convinced that Vince does not get the delete gimmick. A lot of people don't. Uh, yeah, um, sure. Um, and after what happened tonight, which was kind of one foot on either side, I'm kind of convinced that way too. I, I don't know. I think we're going to get a watered-down version for a while, and then it could go either way, I think. Alex, what says you? I, um, I watched those videos. I think there's, there's one. There's one before they actually came out, and it's almost like a, a shoot interview. Like, hey, guys, Matt and Jeff Hardy, the people, not the characters, how, are you, how do you think the crowd's going to react to you? And that, to me, was very much low-key, not at all in character. The one afterwards, it was like 30% broken Matt. You know, like very hokey pokey-ish. Yeah, he said he said all of his things. He said delete. He said delightful, wonderful, but it was, you know, tamped down. He would inter- he would he would add them yeah. into the scope of a normal comment that he was right, making. Exactly. So my Jeff th- and I were back and it was delightful. Yes, like things exactly. like that. Stuff like that. So <laughs> to me, I feel like He's trying to get that in there because he knows that people, that his fans will want to see that. And that if they get a good enough response to that kind of stuff, he can take that into the creative meetings and saying, see, people want this. People like this. I think that we are going to get them broken, but they are going to break on (laughs) WWE TV. If that makes sense. 
And that's they're not okay. going to say that broken, but they're going to break within whatever happens there. Uh, they're going to say that WWE tried to repair them or right. something like yes. that, and, yeah. and, and, and they work. rebelled against it, whatever. But, um, but I mean, they were doing like, as Matt walked to the ring, he was doing his big wide arms and his giant eyes and his huge mouth thing that he does. Like Jeff was full on old. 2002 Jeff Hardy coming out, springing out to the ring and doing his dance, and he's got the long sleeve things. Like he was doing his thing, but Matt was fighting for all it was worth, trying to make sure that that was still broken. And the crowd went crazy. This is the, this is one of my favorite moments of any WrestleMania. Is what is the crowd all knew they were coming, but you could you could feel the anticipation in the entire arena. Yeah, and then. When the thing, when they came out, when the music hit, like people went ballistic. They were so excited. And I have to say this, the the Hardys were just in a ladder match for the tag team titles of another major promotion in this same area last night. And then they came out and won the tag team titles. Less than 24 hours before. 24 hours later. Uh, that's, that's so amazing that they did like the fact that like they were, if you watch the stuff from last night, they were taking some bumps and just come out like these, these days, these, these are not young anymore. We're doing some crazy stuff in tonight that they, after having what do what they did last night, my God, these guys are, and who knows what they're going to do tomorrow too. Guys, by the way, I realized I skipped over a couple matches. I'll be, I'll be back there. I'll, I'll, I'll cover it. Uh, Enzo messed up an eat defeat spot. That kid is not good in the ring, but he can take an ass kicking. Cass had a great entire, Sorry, his entire yeah. career is modeled off being a hand puppet. You do realize that, though, right? <laughs> yeah, sure. That, that's a solid day. Hey, that's good work if you can get it. Yeah. Uh, the match was really sloppy, but the crowd was into it. Cass hit a great big boot on Jeff Hardy. There's a Brother Nero chant uh, after he gets brogue kicked onto a pile of people. That was really cool. Cass tries to push Enzo up the ladder, but they get stopped. They really they got to tell this story on Raw, I think, of, of Enzo doubting himself and getting redeemed. Jeff hits an absolutely psychotic swanton off the top of a ladder through Seamus and Cesaro on other ladders. Jeez. Yeah. That was crazy. Um, the Hardys win. This has to be the most decorated four months of any American tag team in history. Impact Wrestling Tag Team Champions, uh, Ring of Honor Tag Team Champions, Raw Tag Team Champions, and se- I think several indie tag team champions oh, yeah. as well, uh, Alex. Yeah, yeah no, they, they, I mean, I'm pretty sure they still hold a bunch of those too. So it be kind of <laughs> yeah. interesting to see how they drop them or if they're going to be reincarnated in the lake of reincarnation. Please, God, don't ever stop those videos. Those things still have to, those things still have to happen. Uh, yeah, these guys, these guys are tremendous. What, what are like, it, it makes me so mad to think that impact is trying to say that they Mm -hmm. did this stuff. When you think of how Matt has taken himself and, and Jeff and re rebirthed themselves as this amazing, brilliant thing that came out of his own brain that has got them to the point they were tonight where they came back to WWE like golden gods. It's not just that, Alex. And and I put up a little report on Fightful today. I, you know, I talked to a lot of people in impact and the people backstage wrestlers are upset too, because they think, well, what if I 
come up with something like this. I heard that from two different guys. And not only that, Alex, but Rebbe, Maxwell, Senor Benjamin. Uh, Senor Benjamin can go to WrestleCon for the rest of his life and make money. That's Rebbe's dad. You don't think Matt's pissed about that? Matt's livid about that. That's something that I talked about a little bit with Shane Helms. Shane's a buddy of Matt's. He's in an awkward situation. He still works for TNA or Impact Wrestling. He's like, I wish they would just drop it. It's weird for me. It's weird for them. It doesn't make us look good. Not only that, Rebbe can make money off of that too. Maxwell could go to WrestleCon until he's 65, dressed in the same stuff, playing a little <laughs> piano, and he's making money. Anna, what is it? What it? What were your thoughts when you heard Impact's trying to keep Matt and Jeff Hardy from using this gimmick? Like, if you were to sum it up in like a word or two, two words: pissed off. It's sure. bullshit. It's absolute bullshit. How can they say? How can they claim that they were the ones who created this gimmick? You're talking about Matt fucking Hardy. This guy is a creative genius. Sorry, you, you're an idiot, and you're completely screwing over your own company by now going ahead and suing them and coming out with these reports because no one's on your side, no one at all. And I just want to mention that twist of fate from the top of the ladder on Anderson. Holy fuck. <laughs> Holy oh, fuck. That was incredible. F-bombs plenty tonight, Anna. I'm excited. Your vocabulary is not as elegant as, as your – your evening wear. No, I think it's quite fitting. I think that's actually why <laughs> I'm swearing so much. I need to contrast this. Yeah. It's too much. Uh, that, met, Matt, uh, that match went 11 minutes. The AJ Shane match went 20. Uh, Kevin Owens defeated Chris Jericho to become United States champion. <laughs> Jericho has a light-up scarf <laughs> and a giant whip. So Anna, this was beautiful, <laughs> this entrance. It, yeah, I'm very happy with that. It's, it was a hard match to watch, but yeah. I like it. Is that it? Yeah, I mean, it was only hard because I like my heart broke several times over, oh, okay. and they showed the festival of friendship package again, and I wanted to cry. Is this it now for Jericho for a while? Do we see him tomorrow night, or? <laughs> um, I, 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 I think depending on how they how they run the next few weeks, that um, him versus uh, Kevin Owens could headline payback. Because his contract runs through April, and that's yeah. April 30th. Um, you could really build this thing up. Because it went on second tonight. Um, like, and that match ha- had the, the, um, the, the story behind it and the heat behind it right after the, the, uh, the Festival of Friendship segment that we all forget because it was, only, it was weeks ago now, was one of the greatest wrestling segments that didn't involve wrestling in the history of the business. Um, like if, yeah. if, if WrestleMania had happened the week after that, this match would have had to go on last or second to last because mm-hmm. there was so much heat behind it. If you get that heat back up again after tonight, then that match could be this major thing where it could be Jericho wants his title back and Owen says, only if you put up your career. And then, of course, yeah. you know he he goes away for a while. He'll come back later, and they'll rewrite it or whatever. But that could be the reason. I thought Jericho so because start- this was a damn good match. Yeah, I thought so too. Jericho started out about as high pace as he can at age forty six. Owens was landing some really stiff kicks. A spot that I particularly loved during this match that that told that told to their uh, we know each other so well story was three straight aerial moves. A frog splash, a lion salt, and another frog splash. 
where they got the knees up. Like they each knew what was coming. Then Owens uh, locks in the walls of Jericho because why wouldn't he know how to do that by now? Then Jericho reverses a cannonball into his own because why wouldn't he know how to do that by now? Then Jericho kicks out of a pop-up powerbomb, reverses it into a code breaker. That's that angle. Really great. I howled in laughter over Kevin Owens. <laughs> One finger on the rope to save himself. That was the most Kevin Owens thing that's ever been. It was so great. It was beautiful. Perfect. Well, someone pointed out as well the, the portrait that may or may not have been original. Oh, um, was like that was a perfect whether it was deliberate or not throwback that was perfect sometimes all you need is one finger to get it done guys owens power bombs jericho on the apron for the win this is a very protected finish this is like great continuity too anna this is how he kills off all of his besties yeah I yeah, this match was fantastic. I love the amount of stuff that Jericho got in, and I love that he can still do all that. This guy isn't—he's forty-six. That's fucking yeah. sorry. Okay, I'm, I'm just going to try so sorry. <laughs> That's incredible. He is—I love this guy so much to the point where, like, I'm—I would buy all the tickets to see Fozzie just to be in his presence. Um, I do kind of hope if they do get one final big match that the finish is Walls of Jericho on Jericho. I think that would devastate me to my very core, but I think that would be so awesome. We're starting to have you break up a little bit. Why don't you exit and come back in? Um, okay. Alex, I had a lot of people saying, well, why does Chris Jericho announce that he's going on tour? Why doesn't he go announce that? Well, if he doesn't, then – the venue's going to. If the venue right. doesn't, the ticket outlet's going to. If the ticket outlet doesn't, then I'm going to because I am journalist scum, right. and that's just what I do. It's going to get out there. People are going to know that Jericho is leaving, so there's no reason for him not to mention it. Right. No, and I, I – yeah. I mean, he's going on tour with his band. Like, he needs to sell tickets for that. It's not like, mm-hmm. oh, by the way, guys, uh, I, I'm leaving now, um, and we got this concert in three days. Anybody want to come? Like, yeah. that's not how that works. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I don't begrudge him that at all because I do feel like there's a chance that they could really make this so- into something. And if, if tonight was it, if that's that's it for Jericho tonight, he takes a month off and then starts the tour, that's fine. He's, he deserves that. You know what I mean? Um, but uh, – I do think there's a lot of really cool stuff they could still do with this Owens Jericho thing for a month until payback. 16 minutes, 20 seconds goes this match. Next match went 12 minutes, eight seconds. That is the raw women's championship fatal four elimination match. Bailey's macho man inspired gear is always so cool. Uh, Sasha gets a nice entrance where she is driven down to the ring. I'm sure she had everybody jealous. (laughs) <laughs> the fact that she didn't have to walk that damn ramp. Uh, Charlotte's very nice, too. I'm sure Charlotte had a special place in her heart for this WrestleMania in particular. Her dad had his last WWE match in Orlando at WrestleMania in 2008. Nia Jax was a wrecking ball early on, and Charlotte, Sasha, and Bailey all said, well, we got to cut this out. They hit a scary double back suplex on Nia. I was very worried about her taking a move like that because – she ain't ready to give moves like that. Much rather, much 
you know, less take them. A triple power bomb and pin put Nia Jax out. What do you think about how they booked that first elimination, Anna? I love that whole setup. The whole Jack spot was just awesome. I think that's the perfect way. I mean, obviously she was going to be eliminated first and that was the way to do it. She has lost no steam whatsoever. It took three women and that bump, that was insane. That big boot into the suplex. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I just, that was great. After that, Alex, it was dive time. Yep. And Charlotte hit a beautiful one. Imagine, so, so imagine you do have the casual fans. And, mm-hmm. you know, some of these people, they, they just recognize based on name value. You say, that's Ric Flair's kid. And then they see that. That's, that's a pretty nice thing to have. That's a pretty nice thing to have for your ESPNs when they're showing a reel of, of Charlotte before an interview. And she hits a beautiful dive like that. Uh, that woman is consistently impressive with some of her physical feats. Yeah. Yeah. No, she, she really, really is considering that she started this so much later than so many of her counterparts. Uh, like she's been wrestling for years, uh, less time than, than, than a lot of these women that she's facing. Um, and this match was, was booked a lot in a lot of the same ways that I I thought it was going to. I mean, you have to get Nia Jax out first. Um, I would have liked if the pinfall had come off of the, big boot assisted back suplex because I liked that bump better than the triple power bomb, but I'll take, take it either way. I did love that all three of them had to get on top of her in order to, to stop that. I like that. Um, uh, Yeah. Naya did look like a monster and she can, she's protected because she can say it took all three of you women ganging up on me to, to pin me. I want I want one on one with each of you, and if I can beat all, it can beat you, Sasha, and you, Charlotte. Then I want Bailey. Like that could be that could be cool. You could do that. Um, but Charlotte also looked great in this. Uh, I love that Charlotte just stays healing. She uh, uh, you know takes off the turnbuckle and you know puts people's faces and knees into it for her pinfalls and her her offense. That was good. I like all of that. Sasha is the next to go. My prediction was we would see Bailey and Sasha as the last two, and this would lead to maybe Sasha doing something underhanded and completing that heel turn. Alex, were you surprised that this elimination came, and were you yes. thinking kind of the same thing? Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. Um, if, if not now, at the biggest stage you're ever going to give them, at the thing where, where everyone will be like, wow, this is a huge moment for Sasha to turn on Bailey and turn heel, when? You know, like I, I don't. If it, you get it to tomorrow, it's kind of. I mean, it's Raw after Mania, so you do everything the Raw after Mania. But it seems kind of hollow once the way it happened tonight. Uh, that Bailey wasn't involved in Sasha's elimination at all tonight means that Sasha should have more of a beef with Charlotte than with Bailey. So that you know, like that by all rights, she shouldn't even. You know, it shouldn't be a thing unless she's like, "Why weren't you there to save me?" Which is a weird thing to say. Think in a four way match. I don't know. It was just odd. Um, but yeah, I personally, I would have loved to have seen how they would have handled Sasha versus Bailey on this stage, even for five minutes. I just want to say, Alex, you look like you found a quiet corner from the underground sweatshop that you are the Lord <laughs> of and took time to speak to us down there in the basement. Back uh, but to yeah, work. I- I agree with you on all fronts. It's the only reason you had a kid. Let's be real. He's going to be stitching your shoes up. Exactly. 
Um, there was a, a nice super back body drop, and then Bailey wins with a flying elbow drop. Now, normally, you know, you hear a lot of people, why doesn't she win with her finish? And I know a lot of people don't like her finish. I'm not going to bitch about this. I always want non-finishers to finish matches. And I think on this stage, I mean, look how she's dressed. Why wouldn't she want a flying elbow drop to finish the match, Anna? I thought that was a great ending. I have no problem with it. My only issue with the end of this match is this would have been fantastic if she hasn't been the champion for the past month or so. Given what we've been given from them, surely like the next natural progression would have been setting up for Sasha's turn or Sasha's turn. But it's just like, well, the match ended and I was like, is there, okay, so Sasha coming back out now or what's going on? Because nothing has advanced from this match. And and I say it a lot. I like the unpredictability of that women's division, how the title can change any time, but they never save it. They never save anything. And sometimes you do. And honestly, I think there could have been a better story told in that Sasha was really supportive of Bailey, but if Bailey would have won the title here, that's when Sasha gets jealous. Sasha's like, mm-hmm. wait, now you're taking my title and my WrestleMania moment? I don't know about that. Mm-hmm. So we'll see how it pans out tomorrow. We, you, you never know what's going to happen on the Raw after WrestleMania, and of course we will be here live with Alex Pawlowski yeah. immediately following the show. Alex, anything left to add to this match, which I thought was I thought was good. It was uh, a little short, but it was good. I hope this is the beginning of a new finisher for Bailey. I hope this is her finisher. I love her doing the Macho Man elbow. Uh, I think it's a, it's a really cool, fun move. She can still keep the Bailey to belly, but let that be her setup into this. Let her perfectly place the per- the person diagonal to the to the to the turnbuckle with that belly to belly, and then she hits that because to me that's much more of a high impact pop the crowd move than a belly to belly suplex. Um, and uh, but I, I agree with you. Even if it's not, um, I think that every everyone at the top level should have two moves that they finish people with regularly. Well, I don't know. Because WWE just signed Hojo, so that's true. But who who knows? She has, how, she has one of the best elbow she drops. She has of one all of the best time. of all time. Um, my my thought is, by the time Hojo sees the main roster, who knows if Bailey will have you know quit to to have a kid or something? You know what I mean? So Jesus, it's true. Alex, God, it's true. It's true. Look at how long Oscar's been down there. Uh, there was never a plan to bring Oscar up, is, Alex. There was is there a plan? Never. Is there a plan to bring Hojo up? I don't know. Would, I, I, I don't know that, me, but I know that. Why would, you, why would you bring in Hojo and have her move past Asuka on the, on the totem pole to go up there? I mean, I don't want to have an argument she's, about She's this. 28 years old. What's, she's 28. Uh, Asuka's okay. much older. That's true. I, they, they wanted her to kind of be the player coach type of thing. Well, not player coach, but she, they wanted her to make a lot of girls better. Now, of course, they could always do it. They use her on live events. but I mean, I don't want to say – I love Kyrie Hojo and what she does. I, I love that. I just you know, feel like, who knows, with, with the stuff in NXT. John Cena and Nikki Bella defeated The Miz and Maurice. This went nine minutes, 40 seconds. The real story was after the match, which, of course, we will get to. What we learn here is John Cena runs hilariously. <laughs> and Miz was super over as a baby face. And in the match, he was letting it get to his head. And that's exactly what I would expect his character to do. 
I, I would I would definitely expect that. Miz is absolutely whipping John Cena's ass, and Jerry Lawler tries to cover up for the crowd and says, oh, well, just these guys you can see. And JBL's like, shut the hell up. No, it's not. Uh, respect to JBL for as dipshitty as the man can be constantly for shutting up Jerry Lawler there, but I thought Lawler was insufferable on commentary, Anna. Uh, how, how did you feel? Um, I have a new nickname for him of Asshat. Ooh. Um, and he will... That, something tells me that is also an old nickname for him for yeah. many people. Yeah, this is true. Um, but I will now only refer to him as Asshat. Transform your home in one weekend with paint from Menards. Get a paint that combines durability and gorgeous color. Dutch Boys DuraClean Interior Paint and Primer in One offers stay clean technology, making your home stay beautiful and clean longer. And with Dutch Boys Easy Opening Smooth Pouring Container, transforming your home has never been easier. Save big money on Dutch Boy paints and head into Menards to get your paint project started today. Save big money at Menards. Um, he took away a lot from this match for me. And I mean, we'll get to this later with JR for the final match, but it both these contrasts really highlighted a good commentary or bad commentary can make or break a match. I was so distracted by the bullshit being spurted out of this man's mouth that for a lot of the match, uh, just well, whatever. Um, I agree with what you said about Miz lapping up the baby faceness, the niche is, yeah, whatever. And the crowd loving him and him buying into that. That's the only way that they could have. I mean, we all knew what the finish was going to be. And we all knew it was going that way. So that, you know, at least the psychology matched up to that. I really appreciated that. Um, it was just kind of weird leading up to, I mean, with the double, the twinsy looking moves from yeah. Nikki Bella and John Cena. She just kind of came across as a fangirl who won a competition to wrestle yeah. with John Cena. Well, we knew that finish was coming because they'd done it multiple times on TV before. We knew yeah. There, there was a nice spot where Miz sacrificed himself for his wife, like on the suicide dive. So that was a cool spot. Uh, Miz is everything that he has said that he is, which I think reaffirms his character. Now, a lot of people were like, well, Cena and Nikki are leaving. Well, that gives Miz another thing to cry, baby, and bitch about, Alex. Yeah, no, there's a, there's a lot uh, to process here. Uh, one, I'm going to defend Cena's running. He doesn't run. He doesn't run weird when he's able to sprint to the ring as he does on a normal ramp. But if he was sprinting down that ramp, that ramp is deceptively steep. If he's sprinting, <laughs> if you, like if you're running down a hill, think about when you run down a hill. You you, you don't want to like trip and fall and break all your teeth. So you kind of like you know lean back as you're running. That's what he was doing. Okay. Two. After SmackDown, I was triggered, Alex. I hated that in-ring promo of the way that Cena was talking to Miz and Maurice. He can be really mean-spirited when he launches into that stuff. And I knew he was never going to get a comeuppance in this match tonight. And I thought it was kind of shitty for them to write that or have him say that to Miz, knowing that he was there was nothing they were going to do to him. Now, in this match, it was different. He looked after Miz and let Miz get in most of the offense against him. And as I said at the time, 
when that was happening, that crazy promo on on SmackDown, you can't tell me John Cena is not the heel in this relationship. It, after the way he was saying, because Miss was making sure. jokes. Miss was making jokes. You can make a joke. Everyone, can you take a joke, Cena? Cena can't take a joke because he made it really personal. Like that's what Cena does when he decides to do an insult. He makes them personal, and that's to me that's that's out of bounds. Now the thing was, everyone who was chanting "Miz is awesome." agreed with me. We were rooting for Miz to somehow pull this out. And when he didn't, as we all know he wouldn't, we got the big feel-good moment that we all knew was coming because they promoted the hell out of it all over their social media all week. Uh, And, uh, you know, that's fine and everything, but I think Miz comes out of it looking good at least. I don't know how Maurice looked. She did not do as much as I thought she was going to. She's not a wrestler anymore. She's just not a wrestler. I thought she still had some of that, but I guess she doesn't. Um, it was one other thing was really funny was uh, all of these women tonight should have been allowed to wear their hair up because the wind in putting their, Reese's hair in her face at the beginning of the match was very funny. So uh, the thing, well, the Maurice thing is she was she never really had that in the ring. Well, she was she better was, she, than this. Oh, of course she was, but as a character, I thought always thought she was an outstanding heel. John Cena, Nikki Bella win. John Cena proposes. He tells a story about how he told her before she went into surgery that he was going to marry her one day, and you're hearing all the shit. It's a work. It's a, Guys, they're really together. They're really getting married. I hate to tell you. I hate to break your fucking hearts here. They are – their relationship is not fake. No, the, uh, relation, the relationship is not fake. But But the fact that they're doing it, for like they're having him propose to her here when they're going to run a whole story about it on Tota Bellas. And they had, they had Brie Bella do a video. Like, I wonder if he's going to propose to my sister on her, on her YouTube channel. Like it was obviously done leading up to this moment in a very fake way, even if they are really going to get married. That's why I didn't enjoy it. Well, here's the thing. And Anna, I want your opinion on this. Mm-hmm. The crowd mixed reaction, but People say that maybe John Cena rolled out of the ring and got got the engagement ring. But if he wrestled with that thing in his cargo shorts, that is the most baller shit of all time. Is it not? <laughs> it's it's pretty badass. I'm not going to lie. Um, if I were proposed to in the middle of a WrestleMania, let alone a wrestling ring, uh, yeah, and he had the ring in his pocket, that's that's pretty cool. My issue is not with what happened at all. I mean, people were saying, oh, you know, she didn't even cry. Well, of course she did. Of course he, like, they would have had this moment privately. But like everything else in it, yeah, like everything else in their lives, they've chosen to go and have a reality TV show and blur the lines between kayfabe and shoot. That's fine. I just don't understand, like, people are so adverse to this idea of feelings. And, like, it was, yeah, it was corny and it was staged, whatever. It's still, like, these people are still engaged. This is still a pretty nice thing. And because they made their name together. I was hoping the crowd would have enough respect for the two of them to at least give them a nice ovation. I mean, it ain't ain't Randy Savage and Miss Elizabeth reuniting. That's that's (laughs) the thing. That's the thing. Like, everyone was saying it was going to be that. But if you go back and you watch, if you watch Marisha Bandy, Elizabeth, Elizabeth, (laughs) I love you. Will you marry me? Oh, yeah. 
Like if you watch that and you see all the people in in the crowd who are literally streaming tears down their face, this wasn't that, and it was never going to be that. And I feel like that's what they thought they were that we were going to get, and that was not what we what this crowd was going to do ever. No, but it was well, still a nice moment. It didn't merit fucking no chance or right. You know, no, no, that, no, hitting no, on that's it. that's too much. Yeah, yeah, that's too much. No, it didn't even go 10 minutes, uh, but if John Cena wrestled with that ring in his pocket, that is Dave Chappelle MTV Cribs parody level baller shit. Like, that was cutting the head off the baby T-Rex and drinking its blood. That's what that was. Non-sanctioned match. Seth Rollins defeats Triple H with Stephanie McMahon. My first thought was, Triple H's tricycle is not passing a wellness (laughs) test, Anna. Uh, Okay. It, it was Triple H, so he looked badass, but it was a tricycle. Well, uh, I think it was Ryan Satin that said, it looks like he watched Sons of Anarchy one time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the whole vibe, Steph as well, it did come across like that as well. I was hoping that when Seth came out that it was either his crutch on fire or a flamethrower. Um, but I really wish that they just left it with a thing on fire and he didn't go to light that freaking ramp because that was the lamest thing that they could have done wait no i'll take that back that's the second lamest visual effect that they had in the night um listen the okay two things uh how perfectly authority is it of triple h to be the guy who comes out dressed in leathers and riding this badass trike with his with his woman on the back, and he gets a police escort to the ring. Oh, he's like he's like Goldberg. You get an escort, do you? Let me show you how it's done. Badass biker gets a police escort. Like that's so perfectly like, very contradictory. Yeah, it's not right. Right. Um, and the other thing was that him lighting. Like I have a I have actual fire, and I'm going to touch it to something, and then it's going to cause somebody to push a button on the light board like it doesn't make any sense why are you doing it like all of these things like i'm like oh it's magic like no it's none of this we're not children like some of your audience is but i think anyone over the age of eight knows that he didn't light the ramp on fire maybe they're going after people who aren't eight i don't know okay it's possible Rollins, I mean, he had the Kingslayer thing going on. Triple H had to store that water in his mouth forever. <laughs> That's impressive. That's impressive. I was thrilled these two did not lock up. That would have been really dumb. They went at it. This was your shift in the evening. This was psychology instead of spots. And there are some people who don't like the spots-based thing, but I do, especially on this show. This is the type of show for that. Because you want to capture the imagination of the casual audience, and that's usually what gets it done. Triple H, I thought, brilliantly worked over Seth Rollins' knee. If you all ever wonder why I keep multiple office chairs in here, it's because when my wife and I fight, I like we jump off of the office chairs just like Triple H did. And sometimes you got to take out each other's knee. Sometimes it's just how it gets done. You you got to be prepared for any situation. So say we're bridged across a, a table and, and a couch. Office chairs get it done. Triple H proved that tonight. They played off of Rollins' first knee injury real well, Alex. Yeah. The the sunset flip powerbomb thing, which that. injured his knee the first time at that house show in Ireland when he did it to Kane, 
the fact that he tried it again tonight and the same knee buckled like that was such brilliant in-ring storytelling like it it there were things i did not love about this this match but i forgive all of them for that um and and everything that came out of of that there was a lot of there was that great sequence back and forth it was chain wrestling just trying to reverse pedigrees that was great uh there was a lot of really cool stuff about this uh, not the least of which was Stephanie McMahon taking that table bump like a motherfucking <laughs> champ. Like oh, that yeah. was great. There was some 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 very good stuff here. I was very surprised we didn't see Samoa Joe here or Finn Balor here. I you know, so this this would have been the place yeah. to, to to use either of Samoa them. Joe anywhere. Yeah, and, well, anywhere. Yeah, yeah that's, beating that's the true. shit out of Pitbull, maybe. <laughs> oh, I wish. That would have got him the biggest baby face pop, though. One of our yeah, comments sure. says, training with office chairs is the right move. They've become much more prevalent in pro wrestling over the last five years. They have. You see them all the time. Remember that, that bump Ziggler took on one? Yeah. You got to be prepared, and the SAP household is prepared for all office chair battles. That's just, that's just how we roll. Got to be ready. Rollins throws one hell of a good frog splash, and he does a great falcon arrow. I love that move. This is a change of pace that I liked a lot more than the change of pace we saw with Rudin Nakamura last night. Anna, uh, would you agree or disagree? Yeah, I agree. They hit on gold. I mean, it's so unfortunate. The situation with Seth's knee, and I question where he's at with it at the moment, but they hit on gold with it. The psychology behind that was just spot on, and I was very nervous throughout the match, just I mean, wait, what else are they going to do? It was right there for them to use, and they they capitalized on it. Um, <laughs> Steph even from ringside yelling at Hunter to twist Seth's knee off, which as any good supportive partner would do. And then, yeah, Steph taking that bump onto the table with Bubba Ray Dudley's Twitter comment in appreciation of women going through tables. That was uh, very fitting. Uh, someone said in, in – uh in the uh, discuss comments on our uh, on our podcast page, Steph did say that uh, when she was interviewed by uh, Xavier Woods wrap up down, down, she just finished watching the entire series of sons of anarchy. And it's uh, one of the favorite that's I think this so was what Steph's it is. Idea. Oh, I think it was God. Steph's idea from the very beginning. She was, she was four episodes into season three and said, this is what we're doing. Hunter. Hunter's Probably like, sure, before they got to that Irish movie. season, because she would have known better if she watched the Irish season. <laughs> you skip over that one, and they get good after that. <laughs> oh, so essentially, man. it was Son- Sons of Anarchy versus Game of Thrones that was yeah. this match. Yeah, I can't okay. wait until she gets through Breaking Bad, and next season they come out in like the yellow jumpsuits. Just <laughs> <laughs> doing lines of coke off the side the of the ring. Stephanie's on the mic. Say his name. <laughs> What's his name? Oh God! He is the one who knocks Seth. He is the one who knocks. <laughs> Triple H's obsession obsession with the sledgehammer, like to a fault, is really great for his character. Uh, <laughs> I just love the way he looked at the sledgehammer when it came out of underneath the ramp, underneath the ring. Yeah, like he didn't know it was there. Like who's putting the sledgehammer under there if not you, Hunter? Is it just there to like because they're pounding like ring like uh tent stakes into the ground? Like I don't know what like, what is that there for? Maybe I bought the triple H. 
I bought the Triple H pedigree as the finish, but Anna, what was Rollins doing going for a Phoenix Splash with an injured knee? That didn't make any sense to me. He was giving it all he has, I guess. Ah. I mean, you know, wait, wait, what was the thing that Saxon said? Uh, Maybe it's worth re-injuring the knee, was Brian Saxon's call, at which Corey Graves instantly shut it down, saying, "Uh, no, an entire career is probably the thing to look at. Saxon, thank you. But it kind of did seem that way with a move like that. But uh, it's that three freaking Rollins, man. I thought that might have been the finish. I think that that whenever whenever he gets away from Triple H, he's got to have a new move. He can't be doing the pedigree mm-hmm. anymore. So I think I think well, when he eventually when eventually the blow off happens of all of this, he's got to win with something that's not the pedigree, and that should be his new thing that he does to win matches. So I was on the Cruise Control podcast with Randy Cruz last week, and I think he said that it was Rassel Rap that tweeted this. It should have been the curb stomp tonight. Right. To oh, play up the whole great. non-sanctioned thing. And then he could say, listen, you all told me behind the scenes I could not do this move anymore. This wasn't sanctioned by you guys. I, okay. I could do it. There were like five pedigree teases in a row. That was really great. Then Triple H got knocked into Stephanie, who fell through a table, and I just thought Stephanie would get her comeuppance via Triple H and nobody <laughs> else. Uh, Alex, it was a great bump through the table. It was. It was very good. Uh, she took it well. Uh, it was believable. There was a thing that there was that cam the camera thing of just looking at Triple H's face the whole time, looking looking at Steph going through the table, and he looked there really really long, and finally he turned around into a pedigree. Apparently, the cameras didn't show this, but that whole time he was standing there looking at Steph. Behind him, Seth was given the suck it gesture, and they never showed it on TV. Uh. But they had those film of it from, from the crowd of him doing this. Ah! And, and finally, <laughs> it turns around into one. I thought that would have been great if they'd showed that, at least on a replay, but they never did. Yeah. Seth Rollins went with the pedigree. I liked the match. I enjoyed it. Uh where do you see Seth Rollins going from here, Anna? Hopefully he's back in the title picture. I mean, guy deserves it. And I think, I think they're finally on track with this character again, which makes me all kinds of happy because, you know, that was lost for a long time there. And maybe, I don't know, maybe Seth will try and challenge him to a match. Fuck no. I, I, uh, I think he's, I think he's got Samoa Joe at payback. From there, I don't know what, but I think that's what they're going for that, is that, you know, you tried to injure me and put me out of WrestleMania, and now I'm coming for you or whatever. Who knows when we're ever going to see uh, Triple H again? Like, that's the way he does things. He, he has a match at WrestleMania. He shows up again months later to do something and then goes away for months again, and he's got a match next year at WrestleMania. So we'll, we'll figure out what that is, but I think that Samoa Joe can be his proxy. The match went 25 and a half minutes, um, which is about how long the next match felt like it was. Randy Orton defeated Bray Wyatt to become WWE champion. Randy Orton had a snake on the ramp of of his entrance, which looked a lot like sperm chasing him (laughs) down the ramp. That was weird. Wyatt's entrance was what it was. It was incredible. Tons of lights. As I mentioned before, the thing I don't like about the lights is it it took away the clapping from his entrance that was really cool. Bray Wyatt, in the middle of the match, would do his pose and turn the ring into a maggot farm and worms and 
all these cool projector things that rubbing dead people's ashes give you the power to do, apparently. Otherwise, in my opinion, this match, I thought it sucked ass. I, I, I don't think Randy Orton is that guy. He shouldn't, shouldn't try to make him that guy anymore. Now, will he be able to have that guy type of matches with an AJ Styles? Yeah, because so could I. So could Alex. So could Anna. Like, all of us could. It's AJ Styles. He's incredible. There was no heat for this match. There was an RKO on the floor that got like a smattering of applause. There were some more bugs in the ring. Randy Orton hit an RKO, and he won the match. Anna, I want your thoughts on it beginning to end. Did you like it? What do you think of Orton winning? The way that they set up Bray's powers just reminded me of Meg from Family Guy when they all get superpowers and hers is to grow nails. It was just that lame. It was embarrassingly lame. JBL at one point said, 70,000 people here have no idea what to make of this. And that was the truest statement of the night. It was Auden winning at the end, which is not something that I wanted and I think shouldn't have happened. But I was just happy that it happened because of how stupid Bray Wyatt looked as a result of this match. And that's so not on this guy. That's so not his fault that they booked it that way and that they decided to make him the underlord of visual effects. It was just so fucking stupid. But the one thing that did make up for it was someone did make a picture online of Triple H's face just being under the mat for the visual effects moments. And so that was (laughs) good. Was it the the Reddit picture? I think so. Yeah, it was good. Alex, your thoughts? One of the worst things ever at ever any WrestleMania <laughs> or any wrestling event ever. Listen, this is so, so terrible. Um, my God, it was so terrible. It was Bray, excruciating for was, 10 minutes. It was so, so, so bad. Every, uh, it was so bad. Listen, when the maggots showed up, the first one, I was like, what, what? What, why? Why? What? What? What is? What is this power doing? Like, oh look, look, Randy Orton. He's so freaked out by this. And then he's again with worms. Like <gasps> worms, not worms. <laughs> Don't use your dark magic powers on me, Bray Wyatt, and put worms in the ring. I'm scared of worms. Who thinks that? Who thinks that's a good idea? Who came up with this shit? It's awful. It's awful. And here's the thing. It's even worse because he pulled out all of his crazy, magical, Satanistic powers. And what did it get him? Another fucking loss. It's bullshit. You can't do this to this guy. It's like this thing where he was kidnapping Kane and Undertaker last year. And then they, they he took them away. He and his buddies took them away, and they and they put them somewhere where they could easily escape because they showed up again with no fanfare and nothing. And then at one point he was conjuring lightning out of it, like for Undertaker's powers, and then that went away too. And it didn't. It, it led to him losing to the Kane and Undertaker. He just he. You can do a lot of things with this guy who's who's clinically insane enough to believe he is a god. And therefore has zero fear and cannot feel pain. And he he's, he will just keep coming at you with a sadistic smile on his face. That's something you can do. That's realistic. This thing, that he's a goddamn fucking necromancer who bathes in the ashes of his dead sister. I don't know what to do with that. 
that doesn't make any sense. It's completely bizarre. And you're ruining this guy because he has to go out there all week and give these interviews about how he thinks this is going to be the biggest match of the night. And it's going to be so great. People are going to be talking about it. And I guarantee you, Bray Wyatt knows in his heart of hearts, this is going to be shit. And I got to go out there and do this dog shit. And I'm well, he, needs to say, he needs to say something. He needs to say something. This happens all the time. And his superpower now is that he got a B minus in his high school audiovisual class. That's it. <laughs> That's his, his superpower. superpower. Is that is that he gave the video guy the, the 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 guy who runs the light board? He slipped him a twenty and says, "Hey, when I do this thing, where I do the thing where I lean back on the turnbuckle, push play on this on the projector." Well, That's what he- Randy Orton is snick. It wasn't even That's just a lean back though. He gave himself a bump to the ring, a really hard bump to the ring just to get the maggot effect up. Maybe we're missing the whole point of this. Maybe the whole storyline of he went crazy, this is just him going crazy but a really lame version. There was so much potential in this storyline with Randy Orton like saying, I don't want to fight you. Um, I'm not going to do that and then have have Luke Harper legitimately because he did win the battle royal to become number one contender and then have Randy say, no, Bray, I'm going to be there with you and I am going to look out for you and then have have Randy turn on Bray in the match tonight in the triple threat. That's a much better thing than having burned down a house for no fucking reason. Like it just. Hey, oh, God, it's so <laughs> bad. Oh, that's OK, OK. Why well, let's, they, let's move on. Why didn't they put Harper in this? Let's move on. Let's move on. Fine. Let's move on for the love of God. Fine. Something I really enjoyed, under five minutes, and if you all listen to the Members Only Podcast Friday I did, uh, register absolutely free at Fightful.com. On those Members Only shows, I usually have a guest. I'll talk a little non-wrestling, but I laid out a match for Goldberg and Brock Lesnar, and it was very similar to the one that happened. Brock Lesnar beat Goldberg. He became the champion. But the first thing I want to note is backstage, Goldberg remembered that he had hands and used it to open up a door. <laughs> so I knew we were in for a better situation anyway. Suplexes, spears, barricade breaks early. That's what it was. It was suplex, suplex, suplex. Goldberg hits a spear, jackhammer. Personally, if I'm WWE, I had Lesnar kick out at one, but he kicked out at two. Rolls out of the ring. Barricade, spear, cool spot. I figured a table was going to break, maybe a post where Lesnar would get color, but they rolled right back in. Lesnar suplexes him, or no, he gets speared a couple times, then Lesnar jumps 42 feet in the air, Alex, to avoid a spear, suplexes him a bunch, hits an F5, and wins. This was everything that I could have asked for in any Brock Lesnar-Goldberg match that I've ever seen. Had they done this the first time, I may have been a little pissed. I may have been a little pissed in 2004. A little. But I would say, you know what? That was a damn good five-minute match. I thought what you were saying, if they had done this the first time, is if they had done this at Survivor Series, I would have stood up and cheered the whole fucking way through it. It was so good. This was exactly what they should have done. This is what was so great about this match. It was so funny. Each man used two moves. That's it. 
Each man had two moves that they used. It was like where you were you were playing against your little brother in like SmackDown Know Your Role, and you had unlimited yeah. finishers, <laughs> and you were just using finishers to each other the whole time. Hey, hey, Eric Green brought out. that up at the Hall of Fame. He was like, I won so many matches just using a clothesline with Kane. On SmackDown, <laughs> it, it was it was so great. Like like these two guys, this is what this is what it should have been to begin with. And then you would have been to say, okay, thanks thanks Goldberg, thanks for showing up. That was a lot of fun. Goodbye. And then we wouldn't have had this ridiculous thing that's been going on since November. Um, but fine, we got it here. I hope I never see Goldberg again. Uh, good job tonight, Gold Dad, Sweaty Dad. It was awesome. I'm it's fine. Um, but I don't need to see you ever again. And now we get to see, now we get to start the build tomorrow for Brock versus Roman at SummerSlam. So, but this match was great. Do you think Goldberg comes out tomorrow, uh, Anna, and maybe says, I'm done. I had my run. That was it. I hope so. I was thinking when he came out for his entrance, the first time that we heard that on Raw a few months ago, how excited everyone was to hear that and to see this thing happening. And then in contrast to tonight, where it's just like, oh, this fucker, really? Okay. Like, I get where – no, I don't get where they're going with this. Anna, how about the ego on this guy? That every time he's going to win, he says on social media, I promise I'm going to win. I promise I will win to everybody, to my family, to my friends, my fans as well. And then when he loses, he says – yeah, I'm going to go take some time off, hit the gym, see what's up after this match when he knows he's going to lose. Yep. Yeah, yeah but uh, you can't really hold that against him. They all do that. I mean, my, Not my all of is, them. Well, now, to be fair, on, on the Matt Riddle show last week, <laughs> I told him that I thought that he was going to lose the Progress Championship, and he got mad. The tone of that program changed. He got pissy with me. I was like, you're going to lose your title, your, your okay, restricted you pro wrestling title. I thought you meant after yeah. the fact. Yeah, no, okay. No, no, no. Before, Goldberg was yeah. like – so, I mean, Matt sometimes will telegraph that stuff, but he's smarter about doing it. Goldberg is like, before his matches, I promise I'll win until he knows he won't. Then he says, I'm going home for a while. That's the thing, though. In the interviews that he's been doing recently, about all the headlines about how he's miserable, and then they cut off the reason why he said he's miserable, um, he's doing it for his family. He's doing all this so his kid can see him, and he hates the regime. He hates the training. He hates the the diet and all that. So, I mean, you're talking to a man who's not entirely invested in the gig, you know, in that sense. I mean, the reasons that he's doing it are great, and I'm you know I'm not going to say anything against that. But he is here for a very specific purpose, and so for him to say that stuff online or in interviews. Not very surprising. Oh, I'm not surprised by it. I'm just, I'm, I don't want to say I'm surprised by it. I'm put off by it, that he would do yeah. that, that he would blatantly give that away. Alex, any uh, final yeah. thoughts on this match? I do want to say something about Goldberg's entrance. Um, they do the thing where they show backstage him coming out of his locker room and he comes out, he uses his hands because he's figured that out now. Um, but he walks <laughs> to the ring with, with his, with his escort and it takes forever but it doesn't take nearly as long as it would actually take to walk from the locker room of a football stadium <laughs> all the way up several flights of stairs to the nosebleed section of the end zone section, and then he walks down the ramp. So that was all a pre-tape, but it still took so long that by the time he was halfway down the ramp, it was silent. No more Goldberg chants. Just hearing 
Goldberg's music with no chants underneath it, no cheering, nothing is eerie. It's just weird. <laughs> and he was halfway in the round and he started, felt the need to start going, ah, ah, ah. He was kind of like Akira Tozawa. He was like, didn't know what he was doing. He was just yelling things because he was like, it's weirdly silent. Should I say something? Um, yeah, I hope he does come out tomorrow and he says, thanks everybody. This was a little lot of fun. Goodbye. And I hope that Brock comes out and F5s him on the way out and says, I destroyed your superhero. Now who you got? And of course, it'll be Roman Reigns who comes out and answers that that bell. But I hope that Brock keeps this this heat going for a while. Next up, the women's championship match, SmackDown. I had a lot of people thinking, "Oh, they bumped it. They're not bumping shit. They've got a network. They're not bumping. They could they could be going till right now if they wanted. Nothing's getting bumped anymore. Nothing. Not with social media as crazy as it is now, and all this crap. But here's my thing." I hope those of you who were really, really, really upset that this was on the pre-show were as equally upset that the entire Cruiserweight division was left off the show and that SmackDown's tag team division was thrown into Battle Royal. Um, you probably I, should be. I will, I will answer that. Um, I was upset about all three things. Um, but I was most upset about the women thing because... Evenly are, distributed and triggering. There are two women's matches on the entire show and one of them was going to be shunted to the pre-show. And I just don't three. think that's right. One thing is that you, you got, well, three women's? Well, Maurice Nikki and Bella, Bella involved in that. Uh, that I don't, they didn't count that as a women's division oh. match. But maybe I should have. What are you trying to say, Alex? Be, I counted it as a mixed tag match, not a women's division championship match. But what, what, I'm, what I was going to say is that something has to be on the pre-show. And I'm fine with that. The problem that I have with it now is that when you go to the WWE Network, and you say, in three years from now, I want to watch WrestleMania 33 because I missed it the last time. I'm going to put it on. You're not going to see Austin Aries versus Neville, and you're not going to see the Andre the Giant Battle Royal. You're not going to see Dean Ambrose versus Baron Corbin. Yeah. They should put those matches, just those matches, not all of them talking about the predictions and crap and selling the network, just the matches. They should put those at the beginning of the pay-per-view when you push play. Because those matches deserve to be seen and be part of that event. Because they are. But we don't view them that way because they keep them oh, separate. There were some matches like I, – maybe this isn't the one, but I was doing research for that Shane Helms podcast we talked about his WrestleMania moments. And one of them was a big one for him. It was him and Chavo Guerrero taking on Ric Flair and Carlito. You know, working with Ric Flair at WrestleMania is a big deal. Mm-hmm. I couldn't find a match. I could find a 40-second highlight because it's not up there. It wasn't on the show. It was on the pre-show. <laughs> I'm sure I had it on a DVD or something, but it wasn't Sunday that significant back then, wasn't it, or something like yeah, that? Yeah, maybe. I don't even think that. I think Heat was gone. This match on the main show got five minutes, 35 seconds, which Ambrose and Corbin would have gotten. Ambrose and Corbin got 11 minutes. These girls were rushed. They had to cut their entrances off halfway down the ramp. Do you think they had justice done to them, Anna and if you could, would you have preferred them being on the pre-show, all things considered? I will say this. Would have been hard to do Naomi's entrance on the pre-show. It was daylight. Yeah. Part of me was kind of thinking maybe that's why they put them on so late. Um, yeah. Like it, it's an exchange. You either get more time on the pre-show or you get a cut time on the main card. I was surprised that they were on this late. Um, I was kind of thinking that there was going to be a, a – 
a big surprise or um, someone else come coming out. I mean, I don't think Kelly Kelly would have merited second last place on the card, but uh, yeah, I just thought that there was going to be something else happening here considering. Um, what did I miss in terms of their gear? What, what was that all about? Why was Mickey James out as Tatanka? Oh, I don't know. And like Becky Lynch was out as like Tatanka's long time rival. That, I, what was I, going on? I, I liked her hair. Her hair rules. questions about that. Um, apparently, uh, Becky Lynch is a huge fan of this new PlayStation video game called Horizon Zero Dawn or something like that. And she's cosplaying as that main character Very in that cool. video game. Um, That's fine. And, well, where are the rest of them? Um, I don't know. Uh, as far as Mickey James, she's part Choctaw and was trying to honor her heritage. Um, I thought that was kind of we were like, it's fine. She's like, like if she's not Native American, it's not cool. I looked it up. She is. It's cool. Um, yeah. But I don't understand why she chose it that way, but that was what she chose to do for her WrestleMania year. Fine. It was just Whatever. the combination of them all together. I was like, am I missing a theme for this match or something? No. Nah. Um, but, hey, we got Ellsworth. We got Ellsworth in ring. The hog is center- contained by the sweatpants. <laughs> a center part. We cannot forget the center part, which was just oh, yeah. literally the icing on the cake. He looked like he got his gear done on the way to the show, <laughs> which is great. Because I love that he dresses the way that I would expect Carmella. I, I bet when Carmella goes home off the road, she's like, Cass, did you see what James wore this week? Hint, hint, <laughs> one of those. Like, that's, that's what I would think. And I love that I was- Cass... I love that Cass was seen with Carmella on TV, on WWE TV this week, because it fits. I mean, that is her boyfriend. And I think James thinks that he can be the, well, I'm the good guy. I can slide in here. And Cass is like, Cass said, Ellsworth knows where to keep his hands. He's smart about it. <laughs> like that type of thing. That's I what love I was hoping it. at the Hall of Fame, if they could have a face-off with Ellsworth and Cass. Yeah. Oh, man, I love it. Um Here's my main qualm with the match. Mickey James didn't even wear pants, but she kept those <laughs> fucking flappy ankles. She ha- she has to know at this point. She has to know. It's it's she's trolling you specifically, Sean. God, I hate him. Not only that, she talked Becky into wearing them. Jesus. <laughs> uh, this was a cluster, and it was made worse by bad production. But bad or that the production did save one point. Natalia tried to do a double sharpshooter and couldn't get it done, and they just cut off of where she was and just showed the women taking it. But here's my question. Why didn't Carmella win that match? Because she was laying on top of Naomi with Naomi's shoulders pinned to the mat. I don't get it. Um, Becky hits an exploder on Ellsworth. The crowd just wasn't into it until the end. Uh, Naomi wins with a very nice new submission, Alex. I'm glad to see her get the win in her hometown. She's come a long way. Yeah. Um, I, I agreed. Um, I'm glad to see that. Uh, it was cool they give her the full entrance. I was actually surprised when I first heard that the match was on the pre-show because I was like, well, you're you're probably going to give the full giant glow-in-the-dark thing to Naomi. You can't do that at 7 in the, in the, uh, in the evening. So, um, yeah, I, I was really glad to see her win it. I'm, it's interesting that she won with a new submission. That's fun. Uh, it's kind of counterintuitive to her whole gimmick, which is, wow, look how athletic she is. Um, but it's a cool new wrinkle. That's fun. Um, it was interesting that she did it 
to Bliss, right? That's, that's who she she uh, she made tap out. Yeah. So tap, Bliss had to tap out to lose her her title. Like it was not mm-hmm. done to somebody else. Incidentally, like Bliss lost her title to Naomi again. So that's that's the program going forward. I think. Somebody noted in the chat that Tom Phillips called the rear view as she calls it the rear view. Yep, yep he did that. <laughs> like Michael Cole did. Uh, Anna, your thoughts on the match? Yeah, I mean, we, we all knew that Naomi was going to win. So uh, I'm happy that she did. Um, but that was kind of, I think because there was no real surprise to it, it was kind of just like, okay, we're getting to this point now. And I think... I'm happy that it did go on so late, but at the same time, I think it was slightly unfortunate in that people were tired and it didn't have a lot of pop to wake people up. So, I, yeah. But, yeah, get on, Naomi. Guys, by the way, my podcast notes will be out at 8 a.m. tomorrow. Uh, I do those for Raw, SmackDown. Uh, I keep notes during the podcast, release them the next morning. You all can take a look at some of my thoughts that maybe I didn't get to on this show. Also, I think we have a column from Brandon Howard coming up tomorrow as well. And then, of course, back into MMA, pro wrestling content, tons of post-WrestleMania content for you. This is the longest show we've done outside. I think Showdown Joe and I did maybe an almost two-hour one our first week, uh, which was UFC 200 week, where there was three shows. Um, So, yeah, uh, definitely subscribe to us, iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube. Main event time, Roman Reigns defeated The Undertaker. 23 minutes on the dot. Undertaker's entrance went about five and a half minutes. This was announced as no holds barred shortly before they went out, and Jim Ross was there. Uh, Anna, it made me very happy to see and hear Jim Ross. Yeah, he definitely elevated this match, and I think for the sake of a lot of smarks, it was very smart that they put him out there for this match. He just adds. He yeah, just adds. He's great. I, I gotta say, my wife accurately predicted that the Undertaker would emerge halfway down the ramp. I was like, "Hey, that was that was clever. That was clever." During this entrance, Reigns showed zero fear. He showed zero fear really through the whole thing. Early in the match, Alex Undertaker ejects Reigns twice and like says, "This is my yard. This is still my yard." That was the story of this match. And this WrestleMania, I thought, did an awesome job of establishing stories. It was either going to be a spot fest or it would be these two guys know each other so well, like Kevin Owens and Chris Jericho. It would be this guy's an egomaniac with The Miz. Uh, It would be uh, the AJ Styles, Shane McMahon. Shane McMahon can't adapt and get it done. It would be the Aries... Uh, Neville thing where Neville is scummy. He will expose any weakness. This match did that, I thought. But there there were a lot of mixed emotions about this match, Alex. What did you think of it and how it started out? Um, It was just like knowing that you were going to the gallows the whole time. I couldn't enjoy the match because I knew what was happening. I knew what they were doing. That it would be that it would be his last match, or that Reigns was going to win. I was worried. I was I was sixty percent sure it was going to be his last match, starting mm-hmm. out because because that damned amazing but infuriating video package that they did so good, but it was it was all the overtones that, that of this no being, song. Yeah, 
all of these overtones of this being the dead man's last match, and he's not coming back from this, and all that stuff. It was just, it was just so hard to watch him go out like this with no real preparation for it to this guy in this way, knowing how it was going to happen that I just, I, I couldn't, I couldn't enjoy the match for what it was. I mean, I wish I could, but I couldn't. Oh man. Uh, so we'll go through the match. I want to break down the match and Anna, I'll get your thoughts. Taker did the early nineties spot over the ropes where he would get clotheslined, land on his feet, not budge and just stare into the ring. <laughs> I thought that was really cool. We didn't see old school. We didn't see uh, some some of his stuff, but Reigns was taking some stiff strikes from Taker. Taker, <laughs> Taker threw those punches like I'm never getting a receipt for these. <laughs> <laughs> I may be going good out, but I'm taking you with me, punk. Yeah, that was yeah. Great. Good luck giving me these back, buddy. Uh, they fixed the table and an announce table from earlier. <laughs> was kind um one of them when they got on top looked like they was going to give anyway reigns hits a hellacious spear through it undertaker sits up reigns puts the boots to him roman reigns eats a last ride after he's up doing the 10 punches spot which leads me to believe he would also try to powerbomb billy kidman (laughs) because he's that dumb for doing that also a chair shot is not a hold this is no holds barred i don't know how that's illegal this match started to die a death after a series. Well, there were, there were a few kickouts, a few Reigns kickouts after a powerbomb, a chokeslam, and a tombstone. And Roman Reigns is a master of the 2.99999 kickout. You know why, Sean? Because he's got so much fucking practice at it. <laughs> <laughs> so they, they go for a tombstone reversal spot, and it died. It was bad. It was horrible. They tried to do it a couple times. It was rough. Then a rope break from a go-go plot to the Hell's Gate in an ODQ match. Okay. Don't understand that. Then Reigns goes full Austin WrestleMania 17 on Undertaker with a chair. Beats the brakes off of him. Starts to spear Undertaker. Undertaker kicks out. Another spear. Undertaker kicks out. He tries to uh, sit up, but his body gives out. Undertaker tells Reigns he doesn't have the balls to finish him off, and Roman Reigns does. Anna, your thoughts on on Roman Reigns winning, on the match as a whole, as the story as a whole? Give it to me. I, I think there is a massive contradiction in their vision for Reigns. For someone who they are trying to get over as top babyface, they are booking him like shit how the hell do they think that this is going to get over with the majority of fans? Um, my opinion on him has changed quite drastically after I heard him on Talk is Jericho. And listening to just Joe Anawahi, however you say his last name, speak, I, I completely understand now where they're trying to go with this guy. He is just, he's not a good guy. He's not a bad guy. He is just a guy. And that works. I was sold on him just listening to him talk for an hour. He is a cool guy. 
And if they actually just let him go and do that out there, I think they actually get people on side. They need to stop scripting him. They need to stop with the ooh with the whole superhero thing because that's actually just a contradiction to what they are trying to do and what will actually get him over. They need to get him out of that vest. They need to change the entrance music. They need to do everything they can to make people forget that this is the guy that they've been pushing for the past couple of years and just let him go out there and do his thing. The thing with that is their track record of doing that is terrible because for the last 12 years, 12, 13 years, that's John Cena. That's John Cena, a guy that, that we hear and we're like, you know, we might like him if he's, if he's just a little more human. Well, if Total Divas is any indication, maybe the guy isn't human. But that's but it. Roman Reigns is. Reigns' personality is completely different. His yes. real personality is completely different to John Cena. Has, his real personality. He's magnetic. Yeah. He is just – I can't even put my finger on what it is about him, but there's something that is just naturally incredibly charismatic and there's a lack of giving a shit about what – people think about him which you'd have to possess to be able to go out there every single night and get booed to tears there's something there that they just need to let him run and do his own thing because right now he's dying a slow painful death and they're not going to let his body rest at all they're going to keep throwing him up against the wall and people are going to keep trying to hit him away they have to do this they have to change it the thing is, they it's it's and we've seen it for years. I mean, you talk to any writer who was on the SmackDown side in 2006, they will say that Rey Mysterio was booked like that to prove a point. Vince McMahon wanted to prove that he was right about Rey Mysterio, and he wasn't going to get over as a champion. Well, it's hard for him to get over as a champion when he loses every week. He wants Roman Reigns over the way that he wants him over. And that's frustrating because if he took, if he kept the route that he's going over the past month, I see nothing but big things. That's the interesting character. That's the, the anti-hero that we do want to love and hate. Not the, the anti-maybe hero that we don't want to watch anymore. But that's exactly it. It's not about turning him. He doesn't sure. need to be a heel. He can just be himself. But Vince does need to let go of the whole superhero gimmick because that is the thing that is killing him. Kicking out of finishes relentlessly, how do you expect anyone to get behind that? Um, Unless you're five. Yeah, he, he comes out and he punches the ground and a bunch of fireworks go off down the ramp. And they set off fireworks that go way up into the sky. Oh, par- he- pardon me, sir. Pardon me, sir. Maybe you've never played a game called Mortal Kombat 2 and seen a man <laughs> by the name Jax. Yeah, that's true. Forgot about that. Um, that's real life. It uh-huh. is. It's more real life than this. Um, <laughs> now, this is the whole thing is that they, they did half measures. No fucking half measures. Stop. Stop halfway booking him toward that thing. If you're going to do that thing, do that thing. Have him he- keep hitting Taker with the chair. And again, and again, go full Steve Austin 17. Do that. Because this thing where he's like, hey, man, you, you got to stay down. I'm, I'm going I'm to really hurt you. And like, you don't have the balls. And so he does. He, he pins him. And then he like walks away like, gosh, I really wish I didn't have to do that. And that's our big like go home happy moment is that this dude who's a superhero defeated one of our most beloved guys. And now he feels kind of bad about it. Like either don't do it or do it and be like, 
fuck you. I'm now I'm leaving. Like there's gotta there's there's that something that's works. different. It does work though. That whole the whole walking away, looking back with slight regret, that all works for if they were actually to just let him go and do his own thing. Because that is a real reaction. He wanted to prove a point. Hey, he Matt, Matt Riddle bad about it, but he had to do it. Matt Riddle has said, you know what? Sometimes I'm kinda glad I don't do MMA anymore because when I beat somebody, I'm costing them half of their payday. And that hurts my feelings. Because I have family and I know what it's like when I fight and I train, and I put my all into it, and I go back to my family, and I have half as much money as we were hoping. So, I mean, Re- Roman Reigns is in commercials with his daughter with fucking tea. Yeah. Like, tea parties and stuff. Yeah. I, I agree that, that what he did tonight at the end after he beat Taker works if they build on it. And all all the it's all over their Twitter of, like, the the yard is the big dogs now. Like they're they're not they're not building on it. They're telling you that this was just a match that proved what a badass Roman Reigns is, which is exactly what I was afraid of. If it's just like, wow, what a badass Roman Reigns is, and that's the next thing. Who's the next guy that this badass is gonna fight and beat as he overcomes the odds? That's just you're just in a hamster wheel. We're not moving forward. Nothing's changing. Nothing's happening, and we're just going to keep doing it. If if he comes out tomorrow and he says, "I'm going to I'm going to take the title from you, Brock Lesnar at SummerSlam," or if he comes out tomorrow and he has another match with Braun Strowman, it's the same damn shit over and over and over and over again. I want a change. Something. Do something. Something new. Something different. But just doing this over and over again, rinse, repeat. It's not working. We have a few minutes left. Still, uh, we're obviously going to talk about the Undertaker and the impact that this will have. Uh, we will go a little over two hours. I wanted to limit it to two hours, but we're at like 158 right now. Brandon Howard did a great report on Fightful.com. Go over to our features and check it out. He showed that Roman Reigns isn't necessarily a live event draw, but he does. he is a merchandise draw. But the thing is, anybody you push to that level is going to be a merchandise draw. I think he can be something very special. He is something very special, but he can be even more special. But the story of this is really The Undertaker. He, the, the video cuts on or powers on. We come back and we see him in his, his coat and his hat and maybe, maybe a wig. I don't know. It looked like he had a lot more hair. It was weird. But he took off his gloves and he left that in the ring. Now, if you're an MMA fighter, wrestler, a lot of times you leave, you leave your wrestling shoes – your gloves in in the cage in the ring on the mats, it's it's signifying. I would believe this is the last time we see the Undertaker wrestle outside of maybe a Rock Eric Rowan type of thing at a future WrestleMania. If they got to pull a rabbit out of the hat and he's got to choke slam and pin somebody, he went and uh, gave his wife Michelle McCool a kiss, walked up the ramp, did his pose, left. They really milked this. Uh, Anna, I'm 31. I'll be 32 this year, and I don't remember a time where The Undertaker wasn't a part of the WWE as a semi-active performer. Uh, you're a little younger than me, so I, I mean, it's, I mean, since before you were born, right? Mm. He debuted the year I was born. Um, wow. Yeah, even just talking about, I've got chills right now. And are you the gobbledygooker? Okay. I was just- Supposed to keep that a secret. Thanks, Sean. I knew it. Um, yeah, I'm. I'm sad. I'm sad that that was how it finished. 
I feel like there should have been a lot more. He's an old school guy. He he was going to put somebody over on the way out. I've got no problem with that. I've got no problem yeah. with that. But just the whole final part, it just I, I just felt like there was something missing there. I yeah. can't. I don't know what it was. I wanted him to come out and have a, have a beef with somebody and say, "I want one more time with you at Mania, and if I don't win, I'm out." I wanted something like that. Something real, not hey, you eliminated me from the Royal Rumble, and now I don't like you. That's I don't. And oh, which who? Which one of us gets custody of the yard? That's I, who cares? Like I wanted it to be something real. You know what I mean? The way that the way Shawn Michaels went out to the Undertaker, mm-hmm. I wanted that to be a thing, and it should have been with Cena. Well, in in. Like I said, as an old school guy, maybe he didn't want to promote it. Maybe he didn't want it to be that much about him. But it's when possible. when we hear Jim Ross is calling a match, yeah, we know it's we know it's writing's big. on the wall right there. And of course, Jim Ross is going to say yes. Uh, his bosses at Access are going to say yes because those are respectful folks that I've dealt with before. Uh, they're just yeah. And it, this the Undertaker is he is the glue of like a WrestleMania, of the WWE, he has always been there. Shawn Michaels took four years off. Austin didn't have that long of a run. The Rock wasn't seen for a long time. John Cena wasn't there for a decade and a half that that The Undertaker was. Ric Flair was a WCW guy. The Undertaker has always been a consistent spot. And, hey, to a much, much lower degree is – his brother, kayfabe brother Kane, who was not on WrestleMania for the first time since 1997. Right. So we're this. This is a shift. No more Undertaker. Probably no more Goldberg. Probably no more Big Show. Maybe he. The reason he's saying it's his last is because his contract's up in January. If he stays in this shape, he's working more WrestleManias. Yeah. Uh, maybe no more Mark Henry, who hasn't been a big part, but they can't rely on him. And, you know, it's funny because three years ago, The Rock, Hulk Hogan, and Steve Austin, who did not appear on this show, uh, a couple of them were in Orlando, though, came out and they cut a promo and they said, let us go. Here are the new guys. Give them a shot. Give these guys an opportunity. They are good. We believe in them. You should believe in them. They're great. We know that it's different but give them a try. And three years later, what we are shown is something categorically different than what they tried to portray then. Now, a lot of things happened. Uh, CM Punk, they they weren't getting him back. Uh, Alberto Del Rio, that didn't pan out the way they thought it would. Daniel Bryan, he's gone. They brought Batista back, that didn't last. There were things that they wanted to happen that didn't happen. But we, we lost one of the greats now. The Undertaker's gone. It's weird. It's so weird. The only positive is I can't wait for the like four-hour WWE documentary that they put together on <laughs> The Undertaker because I am a geek yeah. for those things. Gonna be I have, I've, I've talked to my wife several times, and I'm like, damn, I should sell that DVD collection I have. It's like 250 of them but I, I, I'm because I haven't watched them in years because I work so much, but I'm like, Maybe yeah. I'll just want to pop one in. And The Undertaker's is a big reason why. The last time they did one was like 15 years ago. When they do one, it'll be something special. This guy is something special. He took a real stupid gimmick 
and he made it one of the greats. Uh, Anna, any long long term memories of Undertaker before we go? I just remember watching him as a kid and kind of just being in terrified awe. I had I think that's where my I have a slight macabre obsession and fa- weird fascination with dark things. I think that's probably where it started. Um, yeah, it's it's the end of something big. But I, I people you know, WWE was getting a lot of flack for their recent publicity with promoting the old timers over the new talent, and there was this idea that Vince had a lack of faith in the current roster. But tonight, we didn't have any unannounced surprises of old-timers coming back. It was just who was, an, who was already announced and the guys and the girls. And that actually gives me a lot of hope moving forward that this is they're actually going to do something here. So. Alex, how about yourself? Um, yeah, I have a lot of really good memories of, of The Undertaker, from his, his early stuff where, you know, him and, and Paul Bearer and the urn that controlled him and stuff. It was all so great. <laughs> my favorite my favorite ever thing of, of Undertaker, I have to mention this, it goes way back to very like early 90s where he was in a feud with Yokozuna during, during the holidays. And uh, he, was, he was in his shop because the Undertaker was an actual Undertaker. Yes. He actually... Like he took Everybody body, had real jobs back then. He would actually dig holes and put people in it because he was an actual undertaker. And he would actually craft coffins for people um, out of scratch. And he was building, he was planing wood to make a giant double tall, double wide coffin for Yokozuna. And that was the thing where Yokozuna would see a coffin. He'd be really afraid and run away from it. Yeah. But he does this amazing promo, uh, but it's mostly Paul Bearer. Paul Bearer. And I just remember Paul Bearer going, Oh, Yokozuna! <laughs> I Undertaker! Like, it was so great. But the whole thing is it just was just Paul Bearer did this whole thing. And they were talking about how you're not going to get something good in your stocking. You've been a bad boy, Yokozuna. It was all very, you know, set to kids. But it was fine because I was a kid at the time. Um, and he... But it all comes it pans up to to uh, Taker at the end, and Taker like looks up from the wood he's planting and goes, "Yokozuna, you will rest in peace." Oh, oh, <laughs> it was so good, and I love this guy and the fact that he's gone with through so many iterations when he was a damn biker and made that work for a couple of years. Like he was. Yeah. He, he, he put Steve Austin on a damn cross. He's tried to sacrifice Stephanie McMahon to a, to the higher power, which ended up being her dad for some reason. He made anything yeah. work for so long. The guy wears a giant leather duster and a big cowboy hat and MMA gloves to the ring, and we love him so much, and it's just a weird thing to see him go away. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of sad. Somebody wrote this thing online what they would never do, but it was kind of funny. The idea that that what it should be is that that Roman Reigns should get to be the new Undertaker, like he should get the powers yeah. of the Undertaker. But it would he should t- like like at the end of the night after Taker gets pinned, it goes black and he and he and he rolls into the ring in the blackness. And after the lights come back up, the urn is left in the ring, and that's it. And Roman Reigns is transfixed yeah. by. And he picks it up and he looks at it and goes, what is this thing? And he can't, he can't take his eyes off of it as he walks up the ring. And for, the, for like weeks, like he walks into a room and the lights flicker. And he doesn't understand why. 
and eventually he be- realizes he has all these powers and he becomes the Undertaker. And the guy, the guy who wrote all this out on Twitter says, basically, what I want is for it's the plot of the Santa Claus, but it's Roman Reigns and the Undertaker. And I thought that's perfect. That's what I want. Well, you know what? I, personally, I would love that. I don't know if they would do that, maybe out of respect for The Undertaker. But the thing is, The Undertaker had to work with really giant doofuses for a long time that couldn't work. Roman Reigns is big, but small enough to work with people who are much bigger than him that can work. So I don't know. But um, that's it for WrestleMania. Guys, if you're joining us for the first time, please visit Fightful.com and uh, check out our Monday, Tuesday uh, – Every day we podcast, and of course, after every pay-per-view, usually our shows are limited to an hour, but this was a special, special uh, episode, obviously. Anna, tell the people where they can follow you on social media and uh, about Most Ridiculous. At Anna Bowett, that's on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and the new Most Ridiculous was up just as we went to the pre-show. Because that was a couple of sleepless nights getting this episode together. It is WrestleMania predictions. However, I still feel like it's worth a watch because it's most ridiculous. And yeah, well, exactly. Let's see if, if Reigns actually does turn into a zombie or not. Yeah. So Alex, check that out. as I often ask, tell the people what you do here. Uh, well, tonight I uh, stay up late and write some stuff so we have you know, some good stories for tomorrow. Uh, some content. Some content. Um, and um, But I, I try and find the fun stuff in the world of wrestling and write about that. Today, uh, somebody snuck a pic of uh, an official WWE vehicle at the Hardy's uh, tailgate party. And it was like, oh, intrigue. Um, that's a lot of fun finding stuff like that to, to write about. Um, but yeah, that, that's, that's uh, what I try and do. Try and make uh, light of the, uh, the craziness that, that we live in and the things that we love in wrestling. Guys, I want to thank you all so much. Uh, I'm going to be honest. The number of people that watched us live was far, far, far over double what I was like, Oh, that'd be a good night for WrestleMania. So I want to thank you all so much. You all been really digging the shows, and what I like is that you all, under most of you, understand what we're trying to do with the podcast network. I have people who have acting and writing experience on Monday and Tuesdays. I think that's invaluable for Raw and SmackDown on Wednesday. We got a guy who financed this website, who ran a website successfully of his own, and has went on to literally become a massive success, a millionaire, and came back to to uh, run a wrestling website. So. That is, that is a cool aspect that you all get on Wednesdays and, of course, Thursday, Friday. Shane Helms and Matt Riddle, man, those are two just outspoken dudes. They do not <laughs> care who they upset. And uh, I got a podcast with J.J. Dillon I tested out. Now, granted, one point I asked him about leaving WCW uh, or going back to WCW in 97, and he talked about Bearcat Wright, who died in 1982. But he got on track, and it was some good stuff. He's got some awesome stories. We're testing him out. I'll release that probably next weekend before UFC 210, so let me know how you like it. Thank you guys so much for supporting Fightful.com. We are still in our first year, and we have millions of downloads, and I can't tell you how much that means to me to go from literally the most visited wrestling website, wrestling news website in the world to start up something new and have so many of you that, that supported us through that. That means a lot. This is our first WrestleMania and a lot of people ask, well, why didn't you go? Why didn't you have people go? If that were the case, 
there's a lot of work that we can get done. And I had a great staff with us this week, David Tease. That man is a monster. I don't know how he does it, but he was like, yeah, I'll cover Evolve because somebody wasn't able to. Yeah, I'll cover Joey Janela's spring break in the middle of the night. Yeah, I'll cover uh, WrestleMania for 14 and a half hours. <laughs> I'll do it. So uh, I want to particularly thank him, Ryan Cook, everybody that covers stuff for us. Uh, join us after Monday Night Raw. It's going to be a big one tomorrow. No NCAA talk on that show. Because, Alex, I know you're pissy too. Yeah, I'm pissy. If they could just get a rebound, they would be in the finals, but whatever. Hmm. Follow me at Sean Ross Sapp. That other Sean Ross Sapp account is not me. Do not follow it. I blocked it. Please just report it if it follows you. Also, at Fightful Online, at Fightful Wrestle, at Fightful MMA. No parody accounts there. Thank you guys so much. We're out. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.